try that again. There it is. That's what I mean. Anything possible! <clears throat> late on the trigger, ladies and gentlemen. Just call me something that fires late. Uh, my name is Matt Rory. You're here listening to CLNS Radio, and this is Careless Whispers. And I started off by playing that clip because we're actually going to be talking about KG. Tonight, he's in the news. Calvin Chamberlain, my co-host as always. Welcome, sir. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. Sorry to clear my throat into the microphone, but uh, it's actually just a phone. So, <laughs> Did plenty of time to do that. Mm-hmm. That's why I took that time. That's all, that's all you're going to say? Hello? Okay. Uh, um, did, did you want me to say more? I, no, I said... Should I, should I just go right into it? You don't have time for small talk this week. No, I have plenty of time. Let's do the song and dance. Let's let's uh, let's run around. What are you what, what are you having for dinner tonight? Uh, I haven't decided yet. I'm going to eat after the show. Uh, I had In and Out for lunch. What'd you have for lunch? Ah, for lunch I had some yeah. uh, like a half a roast beef sandwich and a half of a chicken cob wrap and some chips. That was free on the company. Thank you. Those are vastly different. Roast beef sandwich. Yeah, well, that's what happens. Uh, that's what happens when you have like a somebody caters lunch for you. You get all these different half sandwiches. So I just grabbed a roast beef, and I decided I was they, so hungry. Uh, I went back for the chicken cob. Are they like the um, the horizontal wedge cut style? No, it's like Panera. About? You know Panera. Oh yeah. Oh, I've heard of Panera. Yeah. yeah. How do you Panera. feel about sandwich cuts? Are you are you like a horizontal or uh, do you like diagonal cuts? Do you like a good triangle wedge? Uh, I guess I'm more of a horizontal, but honestly, I, I usually don't even cut my sandwiches at all. I just go, I go right at it. Yeah, I don't cut my sandwiches either. But I'm just saying, if you, if someone were to ask you, what is your sandwich cut preference? I like to look would, at the diagonal, you know. Sure. A, a little more, but uh, yeah, just give me that whole sandwich. Yeah, just give me the whole thing. I'll deal with it. Thank you. Um, we have a special show tonight, Calvin. We're not just talking about sandwiches and dinner. We uh, we are talking about a lot of different things. And in a few moments, we're going to be joined by the one and only Nick Gelso. How about that, huh? Yeah. Uh, did, did you uh, did you promote it on your uh, green, Team Green Shoes Twitter account? You know what? It's funny you Twitter. say that because I should definitely go over to Twitter right now at Team Green Truth and retweet what Nick just tweeted out there. Because he's pumping it out there. He knows what what social media can do for a podcast, right? 
He says, looking forward to chilling with Team Green Truth and Calvin on their hashtag pod at around 9, 10 p.m. Eastern. So I guess he's coming on at 9, 10 now instead of 9.05. Tune in for hashtag Celtics, hashtag Wizards Talk. So that's what he's putting out there. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking, talking to Nick. It's, we, we pretty rarely ever have guests on this show. It's, we don't even really let our callers that call in once every three months talk to us that often. It's usually just you and you and me. So I think, uh, well, I think this is going to be fun. Yeah, we're notoriously bad at promoting and uh, booking guests. So it's good to have a guy who like knows what he's doing on that front. You know, maybe get a, it's it's nice to get a little a little attention every once in a while. You know, and if we have to bring Nick Gelso on to do that, it's worth it. It's worth, it's worth the price. Worth the price of admission. That's right. Let's put it out there on on the tweets, on the Facebooks. Get your Instagrams and your Snapchats ready. Because Careless Whispers is going to have Nick Gelso in about five minutes. Um, before he joins us, though, let's just sort of give the people an idea of what we're going to be talking about tonight. We have uh, a full show with stuff as far as the current Celtics are concerned. They're in a series. They play game five tomorrow against the Washington Wizards, and there's a lot going on there. And then there's a lot of other Celtics stuff out there, Calvin. So we are going to get to some talk about Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo, Paul Pierce, uh, and the 2008 Celtics. Not to leave out Big Baby Davis and Kendrick Perkins, who are apparently very, very good friends of Kevin Garnett at this point. Um, yeah, and then uh, just a couple that. other NBA topics, too. So it's going to be basketball-focused here on Careless Whispers with a, a dash of Nick Gelso. Yeah, it's a good week to have him because I feel like uh, Nick doesn't necessarily care about that many sports-related things. But it's uh, Celtics are really in the news this week, and there's one thing Nick knows: it's Celtics and '80s pop culture. But unfortunately, we don't have any of those stories. Right. Um, You know, one thing that I bet he probably isn't going to care about: Uh, Kyle Lowry saying that he's going to opt out of his contract. So why don't we fill some time talking about that right now? Because he is later than I expected him to be. That's how the planning goes on this show, though, right? Yes. So, here's the thing about Kyle Lowry opting out of his contract. I actually think, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it is because I I actually think that it has potential parallels to uh, what may may or may not happen in the future with the Celtics and Isaiah Thomas a a year from now, right? I mean, Kyle Lowry is is 31, so uh, Isaiah Thomas will be 30 when, when his contract is up after next season. Um, depending on what happens with the Celtics in, you know, this playoffs and next year's playoffs, there, there could be the sort of a level of frustration uh, that we're, we're sort of seeing out of Lowry. I don't know if you've seen any of uh, his quotes or the quotes, Messiah Jiri's quotes out of Toronto, uh, sort of about how they need to rebuild the culture and uh, Kyle Lowry saying that he just wants a ring. That's all he cares about. Um, it sure seems to me, Rory, I don't know if you're reading it the same way as, as I am, but it seems like Kyle, Kyle Lowry's probably gone, right? What do, you, what do you think? Do you think he ends up coming back? Yeah, I mean, it's not – there are there are only a handful of players out there that say they're going to opt out and then probably, I would say, get a better deal at home, right? LeBron is one of those guys, obviously – but I, I feel like only the top few players, Kevin Durant, obviously, he could have gotten a better deal at home. He chose not to. Um, 
But uh, what I mean by that is that guys like Kyle Lowry, I feel like teams that aren't his home team would be willing to spend a little bit more on him. And I kind of look at Isaiah Thomas the same way. It's it's almost like the grass is always greener type of thing, you know? Uh, So, I mean, I don't necessarily mean that, think that it means that he's gone, but I think it means that that he uh, is certainly looking for a huge contract that Toronto probably isn't willing to give him, but somebody else might be. Yeah, I, I wonder if he even wants to go back there. Cause he, it, and, and yeah, I, I don't know if I'm Toronto. First of all, do you think it's a good idea for Toronto to give him a max? Like, what do you do? What have you? What do you do if you're no. beside Jerry at this point, right? Because because there certainly seems to be a limit on what this this particular iteration of the Raptors can do. Right? We've seen them what four years in a row now, sort of uh, get to the playoffs, and then uh, you know whatever round they end up playing the Cavaliers, they get destroyed. Except for that one year where they lost in six games, but even that series. It didn't feel particularly competitive, even though they won their two games at home. So, and granted, you know, Le- LeBron, and this is the, the Celtics parallel part, which is like, you can make the argument that, like, LeBron in the East is, is just this insurmountable object or, or whatever, but uh, I still think that, you know, sooner or later, he's bad. He's like, sooner or later, he's going to be beatable, and I don't think you can, like, just, just try to, like, avoid competing until he just happens to get old, right? You still have, you have to do something. So, like, right. And Lowry, Lowry yeah. is of the age that Toronto, if they were to sign him to a max deal, he would be, he probably would be down on his prime or out of his prime, I should say, by the time LeBron is out of his, because LeBron doesn't seem right. to be slowing down as quickly as both of us expected him to, or as, as quickly as he may have looked at some point during the season. Well, again, Kyle Lowry's only a year younger than LeBron, you know, maybe a year and a half. I'm not sure when their birthdays are, but... Uh, but he, just his history of injuries would would tell you that he's not going to last as long as LeBron James. Right, and just, just sheer physical size. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is a smaller point guard who, um, yeah, he plays like a rugged style like LeBron does, but he doesn't have LeBron's... He's not a, like a physical specimen the way LeBron is, but, but even, like, even beside that point, if if you're Lowry, do you do you like want to go to Toronto? Like, where, where do you go if you're Lowry? If you let's let's say that let's take him at his word, he cares more about a ring, even though he was underpaid on this last con. Really, Kyle Lowry, if you just look, if you just look at uh, his history, he's never he's never been paid like some of these guys have been paid. His last contract, he was making twelve million a year, and yeah, you know, scoff at that and say, well, he's getting paid. That's twelve million a year. That's fine. But my point is, just like he's never been paid remotely near what, like, a star has been paid. And you can question that if you want to, but he's eligible for $200 million in Toronto. If you're Kyle Lowry, like, do you say no to that to try to get a ring? Do you, do you believe him if he says that? Or, or do you think, like, he this is just a tactic to try to get, uh, motivate Toronto to make some sort of, like, Man, I can't, I can't read into it that much. I don't think because if he really wants to stay there, I don't. I, wouldn't he just tell them, look, you have a chance here, go make a move, and I'll stay. Otherwise, I'm out of here. Like it seems to be too. There's, it seems to be too convoluted. That's too much of a devious type of plan uh, for me to think that it's that that that's going into it. So I would tend to believe more that he. He's looking to get out of there, and he's trying to, to get a max deal somewhere 
with somebody that somebody that might want him. I don't think Toronto wants to give him two hundred million dollars at age thirty one, you know? But anyway, um we so, we can let the Celtics talk commence now. Because Jelso's waiting on the line. Let's find out if he has any thoughts on Lowry before we move on. Because I really do think it it ties into like like I said a year from now. Depending, obviously, and we'll talk about we'll talk about the Celtic situation more uh, specifically, like when we know what their pick is. If their pick is because it's going to make a difference if their pick is a one or three, right? So I, I think that'll that'll clear it up somewhat. But the, the Celtics might be in the same situation a year from now. Who cares about the Raptors? Okay. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. I, I, I think someone's gonna pay Lowry. He's gonna go when he get. He's gonna get. Someone's gonna pay him. It's like Isaiah. Someone's gonna give him the money. It's whether Toronto wants to spend the money on a, you know, guy that's on the tail end of his prime. But right? okay. But uh, all right. Someone's gonna pay him. But he wants to go win a win a ring. If you're Kyle Lowry, like where do you go? I, my thing with Lowry is like how many teams need a point guard that like have the the no, point, point guards. Yeah, there's too many there's too many point guards, and the teams that don't have a point guard are mostly just not good, right? I mean, I guess right. San Antonio. You know, San Antonio is like the one team that you could argue could hmm, use Lowry. Interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, you're boring Nick because he's yawning already. You talking about no, I'm, you know what? I'm the only I'm the only guy in the world that has a cup of coffee and falls asleep for two hours. Like how the hell oh, does good. that happen? No, I'm a I don't know, man. I was like, I don't know. I, I, I founder of the network, Mister Nick Jelso, gracing uh, careless whispers with his presence. <laughs> Nick, you're you're this is my, my the most listened to careless here. whispers in years. You know that? I, I can't. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't doubt that. One. I usually bring. I usually bring five or ten listeners where, you know, so. Huge. Huge numbers. If that's all it takes. Yeah, you double on this Yeah, you double on this five or ten. I just said it's like the end of the year, and this is my first time on the show this year. Yeah. I haven't been invited. That's right. Well, we don't like talking to people, really, so. Calvin said there's a lot of Celtics talk in the news, so I guess it's appropriate. It is. it is appropriate. Yeah. It is appropriate, especially with you being in Boston right now for the yes, for this I'm series freezing. tomorrow night. So let's yes. let's talk about this series because we we haven't really discussed it yet, and we wanted to get your thoughts on all things Celtics. So that's why we started with Kyle Lowry. Hopefully, the uh, the diehard Celtics fans didn't leave during that segment, but <clears throat> here we are. Uh, What's oh, going on with the series, Nick? Are you freaking out? People up here are freaking out. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but there, oh, it's just, I it's just it a roller coaster. I don't really understand why people can't look at this whole series and say, well, it was going to be six or seven games anyway. I mean, I understand the way the Celtics lost the two games in Washington is pretty devastating, but this is a team that's bounced so back from from stupid losses like this before, so I'm confident right. that they're going to win tomorrow night. Yeah, they 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 tend to play better from behind, don't they? Like I I don't know. I just I always feel I don't know. I feel more confident when everybody when they're in a, a chip on their shoulder type situation. You know, those losses. I was at game three, one and three this series, and one was obviously a great comeback. Three looked like game and four looked like game one and two of Chicago. You know, four, I I gotta say like. 
four, game four was embarrassing, and I believe they were embarrassed. So I think we're going to see a team that's more more on the terms of game three in the Chicago series on Wednesday. And then on top of that, the fans are going to be crazy. I mean, there's a reason why the Celtics keep throwing out there how great the Washington fans were. Trust me, I was in Washington. They were terrible. They're the worst fan base in the league, maybe. But there's a reason why the Celtics keep saying that, because they want that crazy crowd at the Garden tomorrow, and they should have it. And that will definitely carry them, I think, to to a a victory. And they'll win the series in seven, I think. All right. Well, I'm with you on that. But since you touched on the crowd, I want to get Calvin in on this, too, because, uh, I mean, I know what it's like in Staples Center as well. And nothing that I've seen – I've probably been to – Granted, these are all regular season games that I've been to, but it, I've probably been to five or six stadiums over the course of my life in the NBA, and I just nothing compares to the the, the crowd that I've seen in the Garden at times, even in the regular season. So yeah, I got comments my on question, that. Too, my go question ahead, is like though, Calvary, with yeah. this team, it seems to be sort of a chicken and egg type of thing. And Calvin, I don't know if you've noticed this or not either, uh, from from the just watching on TV standpoint. But sometimes the crowd is really not into it until the team gets going. And then there are other times where the crowd is into it, but the team is, is not really doing anything. And I, just, I, I feel like the crowd uh, and the team are not in sync, if you will, as they have been in previous years. Yeah, it's a great crowd. It's a great Boston fan base. But for whatever reason, sometimes the team is waiting for the crowd to go nuts and vice versa. Sometimes, sometimes the, the crowd just sits back and waits for the team to do something good. And if they don't do well, then they're just still sitting on their hands. And I just, it's something that I don't really understand, but it seems to be happening in my, in my opinion. I, I feel like it's connected to, to like how the fans are feeling about this Celtics team in particular. It's funny to like hear you guys express so much confidence because like my experience with, with Celtics fans and I, some of it is like, you know, after game two of the Chicago series when everyone wanted to jump off a bridge and you and I did that show, we had to calm everybody down. It's sort of, and then there was like, I did game two of this Washington series, which by the way, it's been one of my favorite series in a, in a long time. I, I can't remember. And you covered a lot. Well, I can't I, I can't remember two teams like openly hating each other this much since like the Lakers and Kings. I I mean I'm sure there's other teams, but like just off the top of my head, like that's the last time I can remember two oh, teams. Oh, the Celtics hate. Heat. The Celtics Heat hated each other way more. The Back Celtics. The, the Celtics Cavs did. The Celtics Cavs. But this this series, they really. This Celtics team is not that 07-08 Celtics team. I guess we'll talk about that later. And um, they're not quite as easy to hate as that team was. I mean, you either were rooting for them or you hated them, the 08 team. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get get into that. And as far as team-to-team goes, this, this Celtics team definitely, they hate each other, the Wizards and the Celtics. I mean, it's they're just open. Yeah, thing. you know what? I haven't seen anything like this in a little while. Like, I mean, and by a little while, I mean, I mean, uh, even even going back to that 0708 team, I don't think the hatred was there. I mean, maybe between yeah, the players, sort of. Maybe the, I mean the Pierce Lebron thing, of course. But team to team, it didn't. There, there, didn't, there didn't seem to be a rivalry oh, brewing as as much as this one does. And that's not to say that the quality of play from the Celtics is, right now is equal to that team. I'm not trying to equate the the, the, the 
players or the play to them. I'm just saying I that we have, they are on the Wizards' level, and they seem to truly hate each other. Yeah, but the yeah, part I, of that, I think our, our memory is kind of short-term. I, the, the, the Heat and the Celtics hated each other. The Cavs and the Celtics hated each other. By the time guys, the Heat and the Celtics rivalry was, was getting hot, I, it sort of I don't know. I feel like there was a disparity in talent there anyway. Sure, I, th- I, I yeah. wanted the Celtics to do well. I thought that they could give the Heat a run, but it was clear when all was said and done which who was the better team. In this situation, they seem to be pretty equal, and the fire is still there between them, and that makes it even yeah, better in my hard, opinion. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, but you're talking about you're talking about stakes too. The stakes were higher in that series. Yeah, LeBron, way higher. LeBron, he had a mental block with the Celtics. That, that's yeah. fine. It just didn't feel, and I, granted, I, I, when KG is on the court, everything becomes personal. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you. Right. But it, I, I feel like that was more Celtics against the world sort of thing that they were trying to do back then. When this, <laughs> this, is like, this is like a Wizards-specific thing. You know what I mean? Like, the Celtics played uh, the Bulls in the first round. I don't know what happened to my brain there. That happens to me all the time. They played the Bulls in the first round. That was a physical series. But that series didn't feel anything like this series to me. Like, these these teams, like, openly dislike each other. And we've seen, obviously, game three uh, – it manifested itself. But, yeah, the, the point that I was uh, making originally was, so I did game two out of, of this series, and the Celtics were up 2-0, and, yeah, everyone's calling in being like, uh, I'm not sure if they can get the sweep, but they'll get it in five for sure. <laughs> that, that's not the attitude. It's like, how soon did you forget the series that you just completed five minutes ago where you it were down to? Yeah. I guys, Calvin, I ask guys yeah. like Rory, or I guess I'll ask you, it's probably, but like, are all fan bases this fickled? Because the Boston, if you're either winning the championship or you're blowing it up, there's no in between. And that, that whole swing can come within 12 hours, 24 hours, depending it's on. It's crazy. No, be, you know what? I don't think it is all fan bases. Sorry to cut you off, Calvin. You can uh, tell us about uh, the California teams in a second, but Nick, this is a Patriots thing. This is a Bruins thing. This is a Red Sox thing. This is a Boston thing, man. And it's just maybe we're all schizophrenic or something. Maybe we're all bipolar. I, I don't know what radio, it is. Like, we I just we yeah we freak out over the little the things radio. and then go crazy. Calvin, it's not like that in California. I, I don't think. You tell me. Um, I think with the Clippers, it's definitely a thing because they have this like long history of. of choking and their fans are just waiting for it. <laughs> Lakers, Lakers fans are just really arrogant, so it's hard to, like... Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Lakers fans just have this natural thought that, like, it's going to work out for them eventually, so even though they get annoyed by, by like, certain you know, elements, I feel like I got, they're very... I got a comment on that. Because we have that Lakers need the Lakers Nation podcast on the network now, and they are so positive... Like they, I don't think. No, I always took it kind of as positive. Maybe it is arrogance. They just always yeah. feel as if the, they're the, the, at the end of the day they're going to be better off. Celtics yeah. fans, oi, 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 it's brutal. That that ties into what I was saying about the crowd following the team and just waiting for them to do well at times. That the, the crowd's confidence isn't there so it, more often than not. I don't think. Oh, I think that this. I've my whole my whole life talking Celtics. I can't I can't get five yeah. minutes from the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
I didn't even know there was a Lakers podcast. Yeah. Wow. Maybe we should have them on this show. It's insanely popular, this podcast. Oh, really? Well, get me on it. Maybe we can promote this stupid show. Anyway. The longest running weekly show on CLNS Radio, and you're calling it stupid? I'm just being facetious. Relax. It's a good show. We do a good show here. You guys put on a good production. Yeah. Hey man, even if though, nobody listens, we, we you can't. There's nobody else has done more episodes than us. So if you let's guys just keep it rolling. Go on the app, if you would go on the app, I would listen every single week. I cannot log on to BTR to listen. It kills me. We don't. I don't know how to do that. I'm dumb. I'm, 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 just go to my Twitter. <laughs> click on it. Anyway, uh, the point I was making is is, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. But I, I've gotten this five. I, I don't think Celtics fans really trust this team that much. They and don't. I think the second, the second that it like starts to look a little dicey, and you can feel, you can sort of feel it in the arena. The second it starts to turn a little dicey, Celtics fans go, oh, they, you can see, you can feel the nervousness just immediately. Here they go. Yeah, they go on the little six zero. Here they go. That, I'm guilty of that is. too, man. I just, I sometimes I'm sitting yeah, there and I'm like, oh well, they're gonna have yeah. to dig themselves out of this, or I'm not standing that's up a, for for the rest of the game. That's a like, product. That's a product of the style, the way the team plays. You can't. It's so hard to gain confidence in a team that's just so. Unless you're the Golden State Warriors, that's so dependent on the outside shot, right? I mean, like, and and you get these long. The minute they start, they lose two in a row. As a fan, the fans start grumbling, thinking. Oh, here comes a long scoring drought. Because when the Celtics go in those droughts, it's because they allow they they allow their poor offense to to, to kind of affect their entire game. They stop playing defense. They stop taking care of the ball. They start pointing fingers at each other, and it always falls apart. That's what yeah, why I, I think the fans and the I, team doesn't react as well to the fans. Rory, you've seen it on a couple occasions. I think Game Two of Chicago, they got booed off the floor. Yeah, they did going in t- towards half uh, halftime, or even at the end of the yeah. end of the game, at they the were booing end. for sure. At the end, I was actually gone by the time they started booing, so I didn't actually <laughs> witness that. Cause I, I bailed on you it. Would, I said, "Forget this. You, we out, we're out." You would um, never bail. You no, make fun of the I, not a, especially not in a playoff game, man. But you know what? It's it, you, right. you got to that point, and you said, "Well, that's that's it." But I will say this about Celtics fans: that when the Celtics were down fifteen, sixteen, what have you, in game game two of this series, Bradley hits a three and they're down 12 and the, the team or the crowd goes crazy. It's not like they're making them cl- climb all the way back before they get loud. They're just waiting for that right. one moment to try and give the Celtics a little bit of a boost. So in that sense, they're still an excellent crowd. I just, I've felt like there's some sort of a disconnect going on here, uh, especially recently. And I don't know, honestly, Nick, I've been, you know, I've been feeling this way for pro- almost 10 years now. Yeah. The, the, the crowd and the people, uh, the knowledge Family of the friendly. crowd is deteriorating over, over, <laughs> over time. Right. I think it's, it's, it's still getting worse. I mean, not, not to hate on hockey, but they're starting to act like Bruins fans <laughs> in that building right now, as far as Celtics games wow. are concerned. And it confuses the I hell out of me, man. Sometimes they're doing the wave. It's like a cross between a, a Fenway no, Park situation and, and no. Bruins games. And I just, I just, I don't know where I am at times. And I'm looking around like, uh, but there are Have still some diehards that know what they're talking about. And you can, you can tell when the playoffs come around that the, the knowledgeable fans come back. And that's, that's when they're, they're ready to give this team a boost. So 
I don't want to hate on Rory, the having, crowd, but I just think there's having, it's not they're not in sync anymore. Having been on the road with them, I, I think, still think the Celtics have the the best craziest fan base. I mean that, that Washington fan. Oh my God! There were more Celtics fans there than Wizards yeah, you fans. Could hear they were chanting, awesome. doing dueling chants yeah. of "Let's go Celtics." You could hear it on TV. And, and majority I mean, of their fans hung out in the corridors throughout the whole game. It was like being in South Beach. I think they have like a good crowd. I, I think the best, the, the best crowds are, are always going to be like the one sport town crowds, regardless. Like if you're a city like Boston, Portland. even which is like yeah, Port, Portland, Oklahoma City, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Seattle the Kings, was good always. Yeah, the Kings when they were good. I think those inevitably are the teams that like. That, that are the really, you know, most memorable crowds, in my opinion. Like, Boston does a really good job for, uh, a, again, a city with a lot of different sports franchi- franchises and a, a lot of different loyalties. Uh, I think when you're when you're a city that, like, you know, has a fair amount of immigrants, not, not you know, national immigrants to your city, but, like, migrants, I guess, migrants to your city, it's, <laughs> like, it's getting political. No, no, it's not. It's not. That's what I'm saying. No, I know it's not. No, I think you're right. You're you're totally right, though. Those single sport cities definitely have. They can they can focus on it more. There's there are times over the past five six years that the the loudest it gets in the garden is when they show Bill Belichick or a Patriots player on the screen. The Patriots are number one around here, and they are going to be for a while. So that makes it even more difficult for for the Celtics to get a solid fan base. But it's there. It's it's still there. the Celtics are by they're definitely number four in this city, at least in attention from the media, because it's disgusting. Like I have on the Rory, I don't know how you watch or you listen to the sports hub, and I don't wanna trash any any of our peers here. But dude, it, first of all, they all it's the NBA playoffs. We're going in the Celtics are going into game five and they're talking about the Bruins. Yep, like, and, the and all day. You guys, you guys are the they'll only place left in America that still cares about hockey. They'll, they'll, cut, they'll <laughs> cut into Celtics, and they'll act annoyed that they have to talk about them. They'll trash them, usually bring on Tangway, who's going to give a hot take, who I love, by the way. But they'll trash them, and then they'll go right back to more hockey. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, how are they still talking about hockey? It is not a good sport. No offense. Like it's okay. So I don't I don't know how much you've been listening over the past week or so. I mean, they've, got, they've kind of gotten off hockey at this point, Nick. But there are definitely segments about hockey weekly. So they, I mean, it's it's still it's still a, a hot topic up here. But you're right. The Celtics are number four when it comes to the mainstream media, and that's why you have to rely on and pat ourselves on the back. People like Celan, like you, and everybody at CLNS Radio, because we're actually covering the team from a fan's perspective. It's not some of this. Uh, th- this contrived BS that they are trying to just get clicks on. If you want to come and get some real like, opinions, this is this is one of the places that you go. Obviously, Celtics blog, things like that. Th- th- that's that's where you go for for this type of stuff. But so I mean, it, it, it's look, embarrassing. you're you're doing a service to Celtics fans, Gelso. I, I know you already oh, know man. that. <laughs> no, let's talk, that. Nick, let's talk a little more a little more about this actual series. You guys seem to have a yeah, lot, like a, a fair amount of confidence, which I, I'm fascinated by because look, I don't know how the series is going to play out. I think this is this can be an either or series. The Celtics obviously have home court, but like what I what I've seen so far is I, I feel like the Celtics 
have to play closer to their ceiling than the Wizards have to play to their ceiling to win the series. Do you, do you disagree with me there? I, I, I feel like Isaiah has um, to be out of his mind, or I don't know. No. I, just, I, just, I, I wouldn't say Isaiah needs to be out of his mind, but I, I think that the entire team needs to play well, for sure. I think Al Horford needs to, to be one of those players that plays really well. Uh, but more importantly, Calvin, I think that these teams are pretty evenly matched when it comes down to the, the entire too. rotation. The starting five is, is definitely in favor of Washington. But when you start getting into the sixth, yeah. seventh, and eighth guys, I, I would favor the Celtics overall. So I would too. to me, it comes down to execution, and it comes down to coaching changes. They need to find a way. Isaiah doesn't have to go crazy, but they need to find a way to get him open and get him 25 to 30 points if they're going to win. And I, I expect them to do that because I think Brad Stevens is the better coach. And I think that overall the Celtics have a better scheme and they are the better team. So I, I, find, I think that they're going to find a way to win at home tomorrow night. And that's, that's where I stand right now. And then I, I would expect them to lose in Washington and then come back and find another way to win in game seven. So, I mean, I'm not ultra confident, you know, but I, I expect them to win. I, I guess I just look at this, the, the starting five of the Wizards, and I say, like, and, and you know, I, I made my pitch for Rozier starting, but the, uh, the other day when I called in and you were hosting the postgame, but I, and I heard you afterwards sort of uh, clamoring for Olenek. And I, I, I didn't get to really expound on why I, I, I like Rozier uh, in that situation is it, I don't think look I don't think that they can stop Morris and Gortat. Uh, maybe Crowder can you know guard Morris to do a fair amount. But when they do that, then they're they're going to give up easy buckets for Porter. One of the, the Isaiah look Isaiah being out there guarding a wizard is always going to be a problem with the wizard starters. And you've seen them do a better job of exploiting that the last couple of games. I don't I don't really know what the solution for that is. And so I, I just look at them out there, and I say, like, the, the only thing they can do other than try to get them in foul trouble is to, flex, just try to hit as many threes as possible and hope they hit less threes, try to steal the ball. Because once they get into their offense, my thing is, like, yeah, Gortat can score on Horford anytime he wants, and they don't have a better interior defender than Horford. So you put Olenek out there, and, yeah, he's, he's technically tall, but he's not really doing much. Like at least Rozier can play the passing lanes. Maybe they can get enough turnovers to sort of push the push the pace pace more. But I don't I don't see how they're going to win any other type of game against the Wizards unless I, unless they get them in foul trouble again or they just hit like I said a, a crazy amount of threes. Well, foul know. trouble is foul trouble is a is a big part of it. And Isaiah Thomas didn't go to the free throw line a single time. Uh, in game four, I think that's going to change regardless of his comments that I think that would have changed because that to me is an anomaly. Nick, I don't know. I, I mean, I know that you don't, you don't really go for all the talk in, in the media with, with the players and all this, but I mean, sometimes it works. Sometimes it gets the league's attention and it gets the referee's attention and that's just the way it goes. So I, I don't know. To me, I think it was, Isaiah was right for saying something about not getting to the line and I think that's that will change in Game Five, and it's going to be a factor. So foul trouble, Calvin, it, like you said, is going to definitely be he, something the Celtics need to get the Wizards he, in. He said the same thing. He he uh, he doubled down today at practice, so he's not pulling back from that. I basically said that. I'm not t- retracting my statement. He said something like that. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten fined. 
I think he looked a little petty on the podium, but I, I understand the strategy behind it. And and he did it, and he he has a valid point. He plays the same way every game. And but I'm not gonna sit here and trash about the refs. I do expect the refs to, to call it more in Boston's favor just to the point that it's at the garden. Uh, well, and and the fact of the complaining. Well, the other thing is, though, he wasn't he wasn't really put in the position to get to the free throw line as much as normal. So no. I, I understand why he didn't get there, but n- not me a too. single time. And that to me seems odd. So if he felt like he was getting held uh, on picks and he was he was getting fouled more often or more more than the referees were letting him have anyway, uh, I think he should speak up about it. And the fact that the league hasn't find him. That to me says that he's right, and that something will change. Well, on, he is right on Wednesday night. Here's the thing, too. I mean, I've also not as much as we're saying we've not seen two teams and they'll be feisty with each other, and I've not seen two teams like blame shift either. I mean, one one game, and I know it's like this in the playoffs, but one game, Scotty Brooks is talking about how they're getting elbowed in the face, you know, and and you know they're up there complaining about it, and the next game. And that was after our Wizards win. And the next game, the Celtics are up there doing the same thing. It's like, just just play ball. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't think the refereeing has been that horrible that, you know, or that outrageously, obviously, in, in one team's favor other than the Isaiah situation. You know, the whole, all the fighting in game three, the Wizards were pinning it on the Celtics trash-talking and being – Dirty in 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 the way they were playing off the ball, and yeah, it, and it led to that. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's funny, Nick, because I I to me I don't think that it's been uh, necessarily you know towards one team or the other. Like yeah, I think no. complained about getting held in that game and maybe he got held a couple of times, but I didn't think it was egregious. I just think that they did, they trapped him hard. And the other, look, look, when they're trapping Isaiah that hard, Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder have to hit the threes and they didn't they hit, have they didn't to hit, hit the shots. Threes. Yeah. And, no, and, no. and that, that's they, the difference. Rory yeah. saying about, you know, uh, Isaiah has to score 25 to 30. I agree. He's got to score. He's got to be, he's got to score a really impactful 25, Points, but what's more important is guys like Crowder. Please, you know, hit a shot or or advance the ball. Put yourself in a position to get to the line or just, just stop launching threes. Same thing with with Bradley. So, so yeah, it's, it's the guys other than Isaiah that really have to step up. And they, they became a little overpredictable with their passing. Uh, like I said, they, they went to that triple handoff with Horford and Isaiah too many times. They jumped that passing lane like three or four different times. Right? Oh, my Isaiah God. Started. I know. Yeah. It was just, but, and, and I put that up, Stevens, because they're, they're running that exact well, same pick in the exact same spot. Like, yeah, it, it's fine to run that, but, like, at some point you're going to have to do, do, like, you know, your Avery Bradley out the ball stuff or some other – some other play, run him through, like do an elevator that, door play. Yeah, Calvin, have to, that comes that that comes right down to, you know, his, him questioning himself in not calling timeouts in that run, because that run, yeah. I think in that that twenty six zero run alone, Isaiah and Al tried to do that dribble handoff, I think two or three times, and it got intercepted. 
I mean, yeah. So, and all of those. It's not. Of those it's not that's not even timeouts, though. I mean, that's that, that's coaching as well. You can yell out to. I don't care how loud it is in there. You can, and you said it wasn't. It is, uh, yeah, but yeah, you but can yell worry, out to them worry, and say, you, "Hey, listen, that, don't don't run that play Matt, this time. Run something else." But Matt, you know yeah. how it is. If you're if a team goes on an eight zero run in the playoffs, you call timeout. Like Nick, there were two, there were two timeouts during that run, and I mean, he might have let it get out of he hand. You called all but, five. You gotta save something, man. You you can't just waste your time out like that. Listen, I so I put more ended, on the players. He ended the game for, with two timeouts. He ended the game with two timeouts because they got blown out. Well, that's all he took home from that game. I know. Okay, I know. He should. He should have. He definitely should have used more. But I I still feel like there's got to be an element of the players being able to turn it around themselves and not be so repetitive with it. And you can coach that while they're on the floor too. You don't have to call a timeout yeah. for some of that stuff. But if he called, if he called two timeouts and he should have made the adjustment during one of those two timeouts, if I, you, you know what I mean? You can't just say, well, I don't think he, he called he, two. I want to say he called one. He called one. He didn't call two. But I think, what, 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 I think what, what, there was a TV timeout in there or Brooks called the timeout. It might've been a TV timeout. I yeah, somebody like Brooks wanted to call the timeout. I think, I think there was no. probably a TV team timeout in there. You have, to, you have to get Isaiah the ball in different spots on the floor is all I'm saying. They were trying to get him the ball at the elbow just just repeatedly in that situation. The Wizards, had, they knew exactly what they were trying because they were only running a two-man game. Everyone else was standing around at that point. Their offense was Watching. pretty stacked other than, those, other than those two guys. And I understand I understand that, that like the Celtics have a matchup advantage with pulling Gort- – like if, if they have Gortat out there, they're going to try to put him in the pick and roll. I get it. I get it. The only problem is the Wizards also get it. And the, the Wizards were t- – they, they were tied <laughs> right. Try it twice and then go away. Then go away from it for a while. They, they just didn't seem right. to have enough run. That that was really my only complaint right. about it. Yeah. So anyway. this this just goes back to the adjustments and things like that. They, and then I expect the coaching staff to have made those adjustments, and then it comes down to execution. So we'll see what happens with the Celtics tomorrow night. Are we are we done on this series now, Calvin? We uh, are almost yes. halfway through the show, and there are, are a lot of other things I want to get Nick's opinion on. So. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. One, one, one quick stop. So there's, there's this guy, I, you know, before the series started, this there was this guy who called in. I, I did game six of the Bulls series, and this guy, uh, Chris in Lexington, called in. And uh-huh. he just, yeah, he just berated me for saying, they asked me who I wanted to pick. He berated me for, for saying, ah, I kind of think the Wizards are a tough matchup for them. And so he, he calls again after game two. In, in where the, the Celtics won in overtime. And, and trash talked you. And hasn't talked to demanded an apology from me. He, on the air, he said, you know, tell me you were wrong. Why would you tell me you were wrong? And I was trying to explain to him why I still thought I was right. But he was so adamant that I was wrong. And just, just he went at you on Twitter, too. Yeah. You're not even on yeah. Twitter, and he went at you. Yeah. And yet, yeah, after game three and game four, I, I called yeah. him out. I didn't get to call him out after game four because I forgot. No. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, right. Yeah. Call, call me out. I'm doing game six, Chris and Lexington, if you're hearing this. Call me after the game. Let's get it. All right. I but, like that. Yeah. Oh, right. That's hilarious. Could yeah, be 3-3. Could, really cool. three, three. could be a series over. Wow. I like Let's that. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. I've had enough talking about this series. All right, well, we're gonna, we are going to continue talking about a player in this series uh, quickly because I don't think this one's going to last very long unless Calvin wants to talk a lot about it. But uh, Kelly Olenek supposedly has a 
dirty reputation around the league. Oh, and to that, okay. I scoff because while sometimes I see him doing these arm pulls and once in a, he'll do stuff like that, I mean, yeah, that can be considered dirty. Ultimately, I think that the plays that get him in trouble are because he's just an unathletic goofball. So, yes, uh, and I yes. think a lot of Celtics fans feel that way. And, and we are, we're being, I'm a little confused as to why he's getting this really dirty reputation around the league. Is it because of Kevin Love and that's it? Because yes. when a guy like Draymond Green starts calling you dirty, is it tongue-in-cheek or is he, is he serious? And this is really the reputation. Well, you, you saw what happened serious. with Robert Lopez, right? You, you, you saw, yes. You've seen that as well? So I, yes. I think yes. that it's like – but he – so I, I think that, uh, that Celtics fans sort of have this, like, this uh, tendency to defend him by calling him a sort of, you know, he's a he's goofy, doofus Canadian guy, which that, that's fine. <laughs> Just so you guys know, I don't think anyone's saying that Kelly Olenek is a tough guy. Nobody's calling him, like, Markeith Morris type of dirty. They're calling him Tyler Hansborough, Matthew Delavitova, oh, sneaky dirty. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're calling him, they're saying that, that yeah, that, that John he's, quote, quote, dirty. Quote, clumsy. Yeah, he's quote clumsy. Yeah, white guy dirty, exactly. So yeah. Yeah. We're saying code for white guy dirty. But, uh, what, they're, what they're saying is, is that, that he's not trying to fight anyone, but he'll take opportunities to sort of take cheap shots at people. That, that's I, so when, when some fans say, come out and say, well, like, you, don't, you don't understand. You know what? He's not, that, nobody, I just is. light bulb. That's why Danny yeah. Ainge likes him so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Danny Ainge was one of That's those guys. That's what Danny Ainge used to do. That, that oh, was his. That was his deal. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I, I agree with Rory mostly that he's flailing all over the place. He's got long arms. He doesn't have great body control, and he's whacking people. I don't think he does anything secretly yeah, dirty. I really, and I think he's me annoying. Either, man, I don't think he's I doing think it on purpose. Annoying. No, I like Calvin, you're 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 implying people. that he's doing it with a purpose, like a, a lot. Like, yeah. And I don't think that's yeah. the case. I really do believe that he's clumsy and he's slow-footed, and he gets himself in trouble. Yeah. Like obviously, some of these rebound in in the rebounding action, like that seems to be something that maybe there's a trend developing here. But aside from that, I just I don't buy it. Like the the pick that he set on Ubre, that didn't seem dirty to me at all. So I don't I don't know no, why. It was, a, it was a tough. He was moving. It was definitely a, a moving screen. Oh, it was a foul. I think, the but it wasn't was right. dirty, yeah, in my opinion. Right. I don't. I don't think yeah. it was a no, dirty play. No, I don't think play. it was dirty. But there was trash talking. There was trash talking going on prior to that. I'm telling you, they all were trash talking really a lot prior to that. Jerebko almost got into a fight. There was there was a lot of right. trash talking, and it was the Celtics that were doing initiating the trash talking. But the record, and it got under the wizard's skin. I wasn't giving and my specific opinion. I was just trying to clarify what the league's opinion was because I, I feel like Celtics fans are sort of defending something in a way that people aren't. Nobody's accusing him of being the type of tough guy that Celtics fans seem to be defending him from. So I was sort of no, trying to clarify. No, they're calling him dirty. Yeah, and he's not my, dirty. My thought, like, yeah. my thought on it is that, that Kelly Olynyk is like a. Often, almost always, really, at, out of position defensively. You know, the slower feed thing is an excellent yes. part because, yeah, I think yeah. that he he tends to reach all the time, you know, because he, he doesn't use his feet defensively. Yes. So people get by him and he uses his arms to, you know, wrap them up or he gets tied exactly. up in guys when he should have defensive exactly. position. While the Lopez just walks right past him like he's, you know, at the yes. you know, Going shopping at the mall and he, he sees the, the baby gap store and walks right past all the You know who else doesn't? 
You know who else doesn't box out? You know who else doesn't box out? And I'm not going to criticize him because I, I have a man crush on him. But Horford does not box out. Well, he does now. I he has been in the playoffs. Him. But you're right. In general, he does I have watched him during the playoffs not put a body on somebody so many times where maybe his his player, his def- like who he's defending, isn't getting the rebound, but somebody else is that's right in his vicinity, and he doesn't have a body on anybody. They but have I'm actually done a lot of rebound watching pretty consistent. this year. What? The team, everybody looks at the re, at the ball. That's why I was looking. I was they uh, I would ball. see like the, the rumors about Kenneth Fareed being traded and things like that, and think, oh, that would be great. Somebody that doesn't just watch the ball, he actually goes for it every time. Like Avery Bradley, to me, is well, their, still their best rebounder, and that's not good. That's here's, scary. Here's but the, the other, yeah, the yeah, other thing is that. Go ahead, Calvin. Yeah. Go ahead. Because and, and the reason I am is uh, like I've been critical of Horford for his rebounding a lot, but what I'm seeing in this series a lot of just like just, the Celtics basically have to run a trap on whoever Isaiah is guarding, and he's been like when 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 the, when the Wizards have the ball, Al Horford's always facing out. He's not trying to box anybody yeah. out because. He has to be the second. Like, he's rotating all over the place defensively. And, yeah, he's not a great rebounder, but I think sometimes, like, he doesn't he doesn't get enough credit for the fact that he's, like, he's covering a lot of space defensively out there, and he's sort of covering, you know, guys like Isaiah specifically, but, but a lot of people, because he's not he's not a pure shot blocker. He's sort of a defensive position yeah. guy. And you know what, yeah, Calvin? I, he's, mm-hmm. not, he's not a pure shot blocker, but I think a lot of his blocks this year came from help defense, like you're describing. Like, he would block they guys did. from behind, yeah, or he would, get, he would get them as they went by their man, and that's yeah. where his blocks came. Yeah. So yeah. I, Coming I, I from just, the offside I, a lot. Yeah. I just see him, especially in this series, being out of position a lot because he has to he has to rotate and help somebody who's already blown by their man. And yeah, and then maybe maybe Gortat gets an easy offensive rebound because Horford's facing the other way because John Wall is making his way to the basket. And That's a good, really up. really good point. That's a good yeah. point. I have a question for for Calvin before you guys switch the topic. Yeah. So, you and what made me think about it was talking about uh, Olenek's bad feet slow feet. Talk about cement blocks on their feet. Jay Crowder has been like getting routinely beat off the dribble, just bad. Is he losing value as far because every in the off season last year, every trade seemed to involve him and everybody's like, No, no, not Crowder. It was ridiculous. Like I would have gotten rid of him then to bring on some of the Jimmy Butler, like some of the people we were talking about. Uh, is is Jay Crowder losing value? I don't think he had an exceptional season, even though he shot the ball well. I think. Uh, I, I don't think he had an exceptional season. I, I will say this for Jay Crowder: uh, when they when they've had him on Bradley Beal in this series, he's done a really good job. But the problem is, is the Celtics can't really afford to put him on Bradley Beal for too long because it, it doesn't make sense for the other. He has mm-hmm. to end up up having to guard Morris, uh, although he didn't have a great game against Beal this last game, but the, the the other game, he was just constantly forcing Bradley Beal into tough shots, denying him the ball, uh, but yeah, this last year, he was just making a lot of mental mistakes, I, I think he, like his, te- his team defense was bad, he was, I, you know, he, he wouldn't step up and rotate, he just let guys fly him with the moment and sort of swipe yep. with nice feet, yeah, that last game, he was bad, but but. Really quick, I'll bring it back to Olenek before we before we move on. Um, the funny thing, the funniest thing about about that to me, not whether or not Olenek is dirty. I I think that I, I think at some point it doesn't matter, right? I, I think that if, if 
whether or not you do it intentionally, if you start being involved in enough dirty plays, then you're a dirty player. You know, even right, if you're right, 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 right. Yeah, even if right. it's like accidental, you're Mr. Magoo of basketball. You're you still have to be labeled a dirty player. I don't know that Olenek's in there yet, <laughs> but I think I think straight, he might be. He might be on he's his on the way. Path. Yeah, he's, he's on, on the, the path. path. But, yeah, but you know who is there is Trayvon Green. Trayvon Green cannot mm-hmm. be calling anybody in the NBA out for being dirty. No. I love Trayvon. I love Trayvon. He entertains me. I know a lot of people hate him, but I I like villains. Yeah, I don't care for him. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I don't imagine you do, but he can't call anybody. <laughs> Here's the so thing. I was so after this happened, I was looking at Twitter, and Bobby Manning of our guy on on Celtics post game was convinced oh, love, that Draymond Green was joking. I, I'm not so sure he was, but uh, I'm with no, you, Calvin. If he wasn't just kidding around and like having some self awareness. <laughs> Then he needs to quiet, be quiet, because he's not the one to be talking about players being dirty for sure. Watching the Celtics at practice today, every single time Kelly's name was mentioned next to Draymond, they, whoever was being interviewed, chuckled, like literally from Brad Stevens to Isaiah to Avery to whoever else talked. It's like I think he was serious, Green even though he's only seen only like what, four times in his whole career or six yeah. times, maybe. Uh, I mean, I think he was being serious, but he's a bonehead and, and the Celtics definitely took it like he was being serious, but they thought it was hilariously boneheaded thing to say because Kelly Olenek is soft. Yeah. <laughs> he's just not a dirty player. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He is soft. And that's where I want to end it right there. Kelly Olenek is soft. Wait, that's let me, where we're going to end that segment. Rory, one more thing. And since then, if I see Draymond, a gift, one more gift of Draymond Green kicking somebody in the balls, showing how dirty he is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my mind. So let's take the next topic. Kelly Olynyk is soft. That's how we end that topic. Still, Kelly Olynyk. Uh, the next topic moves on to the past, Nick. Uh, sort of, and, and a little bit of a, a, a comparison. I just gave a cigarette to a guy. I just gave a cigarette to a guy on the street in Salem wearing a bull's hat. Oh, like I should have said, give it back. Good, you should have <laughs> said. Well, you should have. No, you know what? You feel bad for him because his team is out, and Rondo's hanging with his old out. friends. Um, that was. We're, we're doing a little comparison game night. here. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, people get shot Isaiah for Thomas against Allen Iverson. Are you even listening at this point, Joso? I don't know. I, I wasn't uh, talking. That's Calvin talking, not me. Oh, that was Calvin. Yeah, I I'm can't quiet. even tell the two of yeah. you guys back and forth. Calvin, what what is your question about Isaiah and Iverson, and I, how are you tying the two together at this point? Is it just their size and the fact that they are high level scorers? Because to me, any comparison between the two players needs to happen next year if Isaiah does this again. Yeah. I, Iverson yes. had had a few years there where he was yes, the yes, yes. top of the line. Yeah. Yes. Here, here's, here's the thing. And, and this is why I was going to wait until the offseason to talk about this because sometimes we don't have things to talk about in the offseason. But since it's coming <laughs> on, it's like a perfect Nick topic. But, yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Uh, unlike unlike Nick specifically, and to a lesser degree, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not a sports romantic. You know what I mean? Like I don't I, I don't go. Oh man, I long for the days of the of the 1980s. I sort of like, yeah, I look at things as objectively as possible, and I feel I feel the way I feel. And just watching these playoffs, 
I sort of had this thought for for sort of part of the season anyway, but it kind of crystallized it for me when uh, people were talking about you know Isaiah Thomas and exactly how small he is, and the other so there was like a list of guys who were like this, the same height as him, or like, yeah. or like <laughs> suddenly he's five three. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like your your Boykins and your Muggsy Bogues and your Spud Webs and your uh, <laughs> you know guys like that. Uh, and Isaiah is like your Nate Robinsons. Isaiah is clearly like the class of these guys, even without forget yep. next year, forget next year. So then I, I sort of extrapolated that and I said, well, like, what's what's the, then the cutoff of like height wise of like he is the greatest guy this height or smaller, right? And so, so the next guy, and this is where this, the comparison to I, Iverson specifically comes in, is like, who's the next guy on the list, right? Height-wise, <laughs> Allen Iverson was like, you know, 5'11", 6 feet. He, I think he's lifted at 6 feet, but he's probably 5'11", 5'10". And after that, it's like Chris Paul is 6 feet. So Chris Paul is clearly better than Isaiah, right? So I'm not How even... Tall not even what's that? Uh, How tall is What? Great question. I'm gonna have to look that up. I didn't even consider and look up, him. And look up Calvin Murphy while you're there too. I didn't see either of those guys play basketball, so I don't want to discuss whether or not they're better than. You were talking about romance. You talked about romancing yeah. romancing the game here. We've got to include two of the best short men. Okay, that's fine. But if, but if they're as tall as Chris Paul, they're out. Nate Archibald is six one. You out? You out? Who are these guys? You said? Bitch. Son of a bitch, Calvin Murphy. Kevin Murphy. It's funny you Google uh, Nate Archibald, and the first picture that pops up is is uh, a picture of a white guy, it's like holding the back of his head. <laughs> uh, Nathan. <laughs> well, maybe it is Nathan. Five uh, <laughs> nine. On here, this is off the rails. Five nine. There you go. Calvin yeah. Murphy. Five nine. Read his yeah. stats. Uh, I'm looking at his stats right now. They're, they're comparable. Actually, they're comparable to Isaiah. So I'll counter in the conversation. You. So, yeah. so you want to make fun of me? Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't want to make fun I know of my you. Hoops. Yeah, but my point is that I watched Allen Iverson play basketball. And, yeah, right. and look, look, in terms of scoring output, Isaiah, uh, Allen Iverson has it over Isaiah Thomas. But just in terms of, like, I watched them play, right? Iverson was faster probably, yeah. But he also, like, didn't take uh, – he didn't take care of the ball the way Isaiah does. I, granted, Isaiah had a boatload of turnovers in that last game, but he doesn't typically turn it over as much as you would expect for a guy his size. He's stronger than Allen Iverson. He's just as good at creating foul contact, and he's a, he's a much better shooter. So he, He's way more efficient. So he didn't put up the total scoring numbers, and he, he'll never have the career that Allen Iverson had. He'll never have the cultural impact that Allen Iverson had, obviously. So Allen Iverson's name is going to like ring out historically in a way that Isaiah Thomas is never will. But I don't know that I think that, that Iverson was actually a better basketball player than culturally. Can't culturally, shoot. I think that I think that. Isaiah is almost the opposite of Iverson. I mean, Isaiah is the wholesome, you know, good family, good city guy. I, Iverson was a bad badass. You know, he had the cornrows. He had, he, remember, they had to like instate the dress code because of those Iverson era teams who used to show up in sweatsuits to the games. 
you know, David, that was David, that was more David Stern than anything. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want it that have been image. Him. I, guess, I think it but... was a great decision. It was a good decision to make. They all came starting to look like they just got off the set of a rap video. You know, I mean, you gotta you 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 gotta represent the league the right way. I don't know that you do. Here's the thing. That's a whole other topic. The league was throwing a lot of tight asses before Allen Iverson came along. Like, I'll give Allen Iverson credit where Allen Iverson's due. He was his own man, and like, he sort of, you know, said it's okay to have tattoos. It's okay. It's not like Allen Iverson was out there shooting people. Allen Iverson, yeah, he he looked a certain way, but I, I think that he made it okay to like have a certain look as long as he was good at basketball. He sort of. I don't want to say that he like pioneered the crossover, but I think his he popularized the crossover in a way that like your Tim Hardaway. He modernized. Yeah. He modernized it, but I, I think he just took it to another level of popularity. I think again the fact that he was small, but I, I really just think he it was more up like Jordan. That's what did it. That's the cross when he crossed up Jordan. That was when he that like the crossover became everybody was trying to do it. You know. Twenty it was, It's an iconic play. That's the real iconic play to me when he stepped over time on the in the NBA oh, finals. That's that's just phenomenal. That's yeah. just I mean, so, that's the thing about Iverson gave you year a good three or four years of great NBA moments. Isaiah's given us six months. And and I I really I, I love Isaiah, but I'm not so sure I'm not so certain part of Iverson's connection to Philadelphia was also part of that too, I think, where I don't believe Isaiah has any security in Boston until I think Danny will trade him in a heartbeat. And oh, I, he, I, huh? You think I that, still think Danny will trade him? I still think, think he will. I mean, I uh, I don't think he, Nick is off base here. I I feel like anybody on this team is up for grabs if you can get one of those top five players players. out of it. And, and you know what? Yeah. I mean, it it would be weird to do it right now or even after next year, assuming Isaiah does, does that well. I I feel like it would be very difficult for Ainge to do so, but I I don't think it's off the table. I don't, I I really don't think anybody's untouchable on this. If I'm Ainge, if I'm Ainge, I trade him. Because you see the faults in this team. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with Isaiah. And I'm not blaming it on Isaiah. I just think it's just the where his – I'm not going to get too far into that. I also think that right now his value is the highest and his contract's the lowest. He's got the, – the, he's got, from, an NBA, from a player standpoint, the worst contract in the league. He's the only guy that loses money every year. Like, it's crazy. So trade him and get a superstar or two and a pick. I I think we'll know whether or not Isaiah gets traded uh, in the offseason or by the traded line uh, about the a week from now. Yeah, no, no, the, the, yeah, the lottery. lottery. A lottery. week from now. If the Celtics get number one, he's probably gone. If, if the Celtics get number two, I would imagine that it, the, the pressure would be on him then to take – a Josh Jackson or somebody who's not necessarily Lonzo Ball, or Lonzo sure. Ball can probably, you can, or they can make the argument that hey, Lonzo Ball six seven, he's a shooter, he can play with Isaiah. Both is so wait a minute, are you, you're convinced you're convinced that it's Lonzo Ball then? And this is a totally different topic as well because the yeah, word around here is that Fultz is the guy. Some people around here like Fultz, Fultz instead. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Fultz, is, Fultz is the number one pick. I'm saying at two, at two, Fultz is so off the board. Two. Okay. Gotcha. So, so I had two Lonzo Ball and Josh Jackson are the next two guys. Jackson's sure. a small forward. 
my point is, is Fultz is a is a ball dominant point guard. Lonzo is a point guard, but he's also like I said, six seven and a shooter. He yep. you can make the argument that Lonzo could be he's a more shooting vertical. guard. Or that Isaiah could be the shooting guard in that scenario. Yeah, I wouldn't. I also wouldn't take trading number, the number one pick off the table either. If they can find the right package to oh, get ba- in back in return to yeah. get a, a guy that's in the top five of the NBA right now, I would think that they would pull the trigger on something like that if they felt it was the right deal. So don't take that off the table oh, either. I, I don't too. necessarily no, think they're going to take one of these players with the number one the pick. Table. Nothing is off the table. I got a thought. Uh, let's yeah. say, let's say, hey, Haywood wants the supermax. Utah, Utah does uh, offers you a sign and trade, the number one pick for Gordon Haywood. Are you doing it? Yeah. I think you got to get something else. So look at no, if there's anything else on their roster it. that you like. I don't. I wouldn't just do right, a number one pick for Gordon, Gordon Haywood. No. Gordon Haywood is uh, not on or maybe maybe you can try and find a way to do one of these deals with them like uh, like, like they did with the Nets and hope that they're just not not any good for the next couple of years. Get their draft pick next year I can't and deal with another, swap the year after that. Not that anybody would base, do that with him again. But, no, the, you know. fan base, the fan base could not deal with another four or five years of waiting. That is not – that's no, They would get Gordon Hayward as well. They would get Hayward out oh, of the okay. deal. They get Gordon Hayward as well, yeah, then definitely. That's Listen, what I mean. I mean They're getting the Hayward most, and some picks or something worry. for the number one this year. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do the, it straight up for okay. Hayward, though. I don't think that's the answer. What's so Hayward and Celtics? Are you doing it? Yeah. I, I, I still – I still think they need more. The Jazz pick this year, Calvin? I don't know. What's the Celtics' weakest position? Four. And they're starting five. What is it? Oh, uh, I, I, if, you, if you're going to push Horford to the center, it's, it's center. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how they're going to play. Do you want them to, to play small and utilize all the guards that they have that are at the top, at their, their top heavy in guards? Or are they going to play more traditionally and plug in a good center? Because at that point, I mean, you're talking about two different things. If they're going to try and do, play the way Golden State plays, I would say they need a better for, they need a better power forward and shooting guard, and you and you're and you're playing Bradley at small forward and, and Crowder at four if you're upgrading your shooting guard. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. you can also argue for traditional style point guards is uh, a deficiency on this team too, or, or certainly you know to generalize you could say ball handling is has been an issue with this team, and that's why Rozier's gotten the minutes in Jalen Brown, who's like, like I hear on these post game shows, Celtics fans are arguing for Jalen Brown to, to be more in these games. Oh, he makes two. He nuts. makes two to three really dumb mistakes in really every bad, game. I've really seen. boneheaded. Like it's not. They're not just dumb. They're yeah. really dumb. Like I don't want to put myself in that position because I would. I would turn the ball over too. But I'm a five nine fat Italian guy. I'm not making ten million a year, uh, rookie or not. Like they were saying, put Jalen Brown in the starting lineup. Do you under, right after the Celtics got finished. Getting killed 26-0 run. They want to put – because of turnovers. And they're talking yeah. about putting Jalen in the starting lineup the next game. I'm like, okay, well, there's three turnovers in the first three minutes. Like, well, nothing against he, him. It's just you can't put that much pressure on that kid. Well, you remember in game two, he fouled the Bradley Beal off the ball twice before it was inbound. 
And Brad Stevens was yeah. like, all right, well, I've had enough of this. And I can't yeah, believe they're, he's they're not going to he's, – he's not going back out there that very much, I don't think. He might get a, a little bit of a run if there's some garbage time or if, if there's a moment Can where I, Stevens thinks they need a little energy, maybe he'll throw him out there. But he's not going to get much playing time the rest of the way, I don't think. Let me step back a minute, too. You guys, we were t- I asked the weakest position on the, the team, and no one cared what my thought was. Scott. No one said what I thought. It's the we, three. we have too many heads. We can't. We can't. It's we can't the, coddle you right now, Nick. We're, we're moving here. We're moving here. You, you I think it's the three. And I was gonna. I was going to say it, and I just. You guys just skipped over it to the next topic, which kind of got me going anyway. Um, and then Sam texted me and said it's the three, and that's what I was going to say. We didn't. We, we haven't why, skipped on to another topic. We're just all over the place. Go. And yeah. That, totally. And that's why the Celtics should trade whatever they have to, or do whatever, not trade is maybe, do whatever they have to do to get Hayward. Because he, he could be, that I just, uh, and, and the outside shooting, he solves that immediately. And he, he and Stevens are in love with each other. Yeah. Hayward's a two-way player who's 6'8". You know what I mean? There's not exactly. a lot of guys who are He's exactly, yeah. he's what they need. Like, I, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, I really think that Crowder position is kind of, we're always saying, who are you going to insert in the starting lineup? Who are they going to insert? And they always are inserting a three. So to me, it's like that's the deficient position. I guess it depends on whether you see Crowder as a three or if you see Marcus well, Smart as a three. Crowder has, Crowder's the guy that shifts. He's staying in the lineup. He's not going anywhere, but he's just yeah. shifting to a four. Well, they, that's the thing with all, all the Celtics. They all, they're all shifters. That's the, I mean, that's a basketball thing lately anyway. So it's, it's harder to say. I like. It. It's hard to say the weakest position on the floor when it's all, you know, point guard. Well, like we, uh, That's like really people, like I, I hear Bob Ryan gets annoyed. There's no such thing as a four. There's no such thing as a five because there isn't anymore. I There's hate not. that, but there isn't. No. You know, right, and that's what football. I meant by which way are you thinking the Celtics are going and how are you asking this question? Because if you want to go top to bottom, who are their top five players? I mean, the, the bottom, the, the fifth guy – Let's see. Look, I mean, Isaiah, Horford, Bradley, and then where, where do you go from there? I don't know. Uh, for me, I guess it's uh, it's Smart and Crowder, right? Uh, yeah. So which one of those guys is at the bottom of the list? I, I, I guess there's an argument to be made that they need more ball handling, and that's whether you look, look, you're looking at Smart as a point guard or a shooting guard. I would, I would go with, with ball handling. As guard-heavy as they are, they only have a couple of guys that can actually – Dribble through penetr or through the defenders and actually distribute the basketball effectively as well. And Smart has a ceiling too. As versatile as he is as a defender, he's really gotten exposed in the series. He's he's been terrible in this series. Not even good defensively. Terrible. He's fighting through screens, fouling people. He's like, I don't yep. like his. Yeah, he's being. I, I feel like he lost his mind a little. I said after after the I Kelly like Oubre play. Yeah. I feel like he was yeah. like he was he was too hyped up, and then he sort of tried to do everything on his own, and then he was committing some dumb fouls <laughs> and like yeah. But he, 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 I, well, one game he turnovers. He's just been terrible. But I, I and I it's, I don't even blame him because he tries so hard and he he maximizes his talent. But I think his talent level has a ceiling that like if if I was a Celtics fan and I could get the right thing for Marcus Smart, I would consider making that deal. But. Oh, um, we, my God, yes, yes. Can we move on to uh, to the next controversial topic? Because yeah. I, want to, I want to give it a little <laughs> controversial. Yes, we actually yeah. only have 20 minutes left, so let's, uh, let's know, move, move right along. By. I'm going yeah. to summarize this quickly. 
But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing, okay? I don't like LeBron James, uh, the basketball player. Never have. But I also don't like Michael Jordan, and I never have. I'm a person in Los Angeles. I grew up with a Laker fan and, and a bunch of front-running Bulls fans were, you know, around in the 90s when I was a kid wearing their Air Jordans and doing yep. their stupid time out of their Me mouth. Thing. I've never liked Michael Jordan as a basketball player. I always have openly mm. rooted against him. Even though I, I feel the same him. way. I, wow. We were Me finally too. on the same page about things like this. Calvin, I just want to throw mm-hmm. out there that Sam in San Diego is on our, our board. So I don't know if okay. you want to – we should Bring get me. his thoughts quickly before we move on to this Jordan thing or sure. what? Sure, sure. Just because it's such a special show, and I'm glad you're calling in. We haven't heard from you in a while. Sam in San Diego, welcome to Careless Whiskers. What's on your mind, bud? Hey, I saw the Twitter thing. I saw Nick Gelso in in caps, so I had to call in. Uh, (laughs) Caps. Hey, I I just wanted to agree with Nick on the – well, I was the one that said it also. Yeah, we definitely need a three, and that person is, is definitely Hayward. I mean, the most important position to any championship team always seems to be the scoring wing player. Um, and that's obviously what we don't have. It's obviously what we would have had if we had gotten Durant and what we would like to get with Hayward. I think we, if we do not get Hayward this summer, we're in kind of a lot of trouble because even with this number one pick, who let's say we get the top pick, I mean, getting Hayward allows us to be in both worlds of rebuilding and, and adding young players while still trying to compete for a title and trying to progress towards that. And, and I think outside of Hayward, I think if we don't get him, we're, we're in a bit of a trouble as to, as to what our decisions are going to be, what, what Ainge is going to do. And I think it's pretty obvious that that's been the position that we're lacking for a while. I, I can't stand seeing Crowder take off balance threes out of the, uh, out of rhythm. It's just really hard mm-hmm. to watch. Well, if you don't do it, how do you feel about uh, drafting Josh Jackson and not going after Haywood, if, if that's how it plays out, drafting-wise, out of curiosity? I, I haven't really seen him play, but I just hear that he's not a shooter, right? And how many of those guys do we have right now? Right, that's it. <laughs> he's not a shooter. He's a defender there, and I guess you guys do have plenty of those, but that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. I just I, – I would be I would be worried about them taking him as well. I, I just – they need um, something. They need something else. But this is my this is my point, guys. I don't think that they can necessarily find that right away. Right away in the draft, they can't. Fultz and Ball look like solid players, but Ball's not a shooter either, right? So it, no, if, it's Fultz, if it's Fultz or bust, then the Celtics need to find a way to trade this pick away and get some real NBA talent if people are expecting them to be able to compete with LeBron for the next two years, in my opinion. So I, I'm hey, just, I, 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 would, I would not be surprised if they t- dumped the pick off, you know? Just one, just one of the things, just with regards to what Calvin said about the matchup with, this, with, with, with Washington, you know, I, I think the problem is that, you know, I love Isaiah, but because he's so small and because we're small at, at you know, at the shooting guard with Bradley as well, and just about at every position where we're small, it seems like we're a bad – like every team is a bad matchup for yeah. us in the playoffs. And, and so mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a problem. And, and so I wouldn't be opposed to trading Isaiah. The, the thing is that I don't know what we can really get from him. Um, I mean, you'd have to take – you'd have to trade him to a team who needs that kind of player, and I don't know who that team would be or, or what we'd be able to get for him. I think that's the biggest problem. So And who would be one right. to pay him. So that's, that's, that's all I'm so it would, it would probably right. be something along the lines of more draft picks, which, like, I can already anticipate Celtics fans being furious about, right? Living. Yeah, more, more <laughs> you know, guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, that but, wouldn't that wouldn't go over Edwards. very well. That would not go over very well. They would need to find uh, Danny Ainge needs to fleece somebody. That's what? the only way the Celtics are ever going to win another trade again with this fan base. Um, Sam, thanks, buddy. Nice to hear from you. We'll talk to you next time. Call into the post game show after Game Six because Calvin will take your call. We'll do. Go Celtics, guys. Nice. There he goes. Right. Same in San Diego. All right. Let's uh, let's get to anyway. Jordan versus LeBron here because Calvin hates them yeah. both and I hate them both. So this is a, a nice, mm-hmm. nice yeah. uh, objective discussion about <laughs> which player is better. Did has LeBron well, he, surpassed Michael Jordan in your mind yet? Uh, because I I use the yeah. word yet because to me he's not quite there. If he wins the title this year, I, I hand the trophy over. But otherwise, I'm still I'm I'm hanging on Michael, and I, I have a little bit of a contingency that's kind of a cop out. So I'll let you guys go at it first. Let me second. try to dissuade. Let me try to dissuade you, right? Okay, because I'm there. I just realized I was there. I was holding out against it for the longest. Okay, but here's the thing. So Jordan has six titles, but LeBron has three. Like Larry Bird has three titles. We we can't we can't pretend anymore like three titles is nothing. He's been right. to six straight He's titles. Right. He's good. He's going to go to seven straight finals. That's like hasn't been done since the Celtics of the 1960s. We can't pretend that's not an accomplishment. Yeah, oh, he's like cherry-picking that. It's, oh, it's so brutal. No, no, he's cher- he cherry-picked it. Let's just look at them at basketball, as basketball players, okay? LeBron is bigger than Michael Jordan. He's faster than Michael Jordan. He's stronger than Michael Jordan. But neither one of them is a great outside shooter. And, yeah, maybe if, if Jordan played in the modern game, let, let's just assume Jordan would be what LeBron is as an outside shooter, like around average. Okay, I'm giving him the, the benefit of the doubt there because he wasn't. But, let, but, but he also, like, didn't learn to play that way. So let's say he, let's say he was around the same as, as LeBron as an outside shooter. He's still not, not as good of a defender as LeBron, and I know you're going to push back at me on this, but I saw LeBron guarding uh, Jonas Valanciunas in the post and holding his own. Michael Jordan would never be able to do that. And I also saw LeBron shut down Derrick Rose. LeBron has guarded one to five effectively, which is something that Michael Jordan could never do. He's just not big I enough, agree. not strong enough. So LeBron's a better okay. rebounder than Michael Jordan. He has better court vision than Michael Jordan. He shoots like people used to compare Kobe and Jordan all the time, and the counter to that was, well, Kobe doesn't shoot as well as Michael Jordan. That was always the counter. But LeBron has a better career field goal percentage than Michael Jordan by a couple percentage. That includes all the free throw, all, all the three pointers that he's made. So in there's, there's literally nothing on the basketball court that you can point to other than the ability to hit a turnaround jumper, a 15 yep. which is like something that wouldn't work in today's game, that says that Michael Jordan on the court is a better basketball player than LeBron, other than three extra rings against, if you look at the, the okay. competition in the 90s, that's like the best team that he played was the Utah Jazz. The Warriors. All right, so yeah, hold on a second. Hold on a second. This is, this is very difficult. This is very difficult because obviously they played in different eras, and you have to go and you have to talk very about Bill, Bill Russell's 11 championships. Is he the best, the greatest ever? I don't know. Why not? Blah, blah, blah. The point is, this is the way I like to look at it, though. Would LeBron have be dominating? Would he be dominating? Throw him on team, mediocre Team X in 1993. Would he have dominated the league? Would he have been a guarantee to, to take his team and, and win? Because you're talking about contrasting styles and all that. Maybe Michael Jordan's game doesn't fit in the way Le- LeBron's does right now. But I'm not so sure that LeBron would be able to win against some of those teams that were a little bit tougher than the, the, the teams that are around the league right now. Would LeBron James well, be I able think, to stand I up think... to, to 
to Dennis Rodman and Charles Oakley and these guys that, that were really a hard hitter and they let it go. I'm not so sure about that. So looking at it that way, I, I don't think it's as clear cut as you're making it seem. Wait, when you factor that in, that, that's another point in my favor, though, because think, think about it. LeBron has literally never been hurt his entire career. That's another factor that goes in his favor. Well, he had the elbow injury. Leg. Yeah, he that's, the elbow that's fine. Injury. Never, never, never legitimately been hurt. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he had the elbow injury. He didn't have a quote elbow there. Yeah. He was faking it. He had cramps one time. He had cramps. He had cramps. He had cramps. Fourth quarter of a game. Yeah, Michael Cook, but the point is, is like, the, the, the point is, like, the physicality that he, that he represented. People forget the part of the reason why, why Jordan went to the, the, to the fadeaway is he was tired of getting hit going to the basket, which is fine. I'm just saying, like, you, you, like LeBron could do the same thing because, again, he's bigger and stronger than, than Michael Jordan. You can't say that LeBron can't handle the physicality of that era when he's clearly a more physical basketball in terms of a specimen no. and his ability to take contact. So, Michael, you're, 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 like, projecting some notion of, like, they were so much tougher back then, but they also were not they nearly were. as good as basketball. That's the, that's the thing. It's like, again, just looking at who, like who they were, Jordan took, again, the, the kind of offense the Bulls ran. It's a joke. Like, can you imagine the Bulls team, for example, playing against the Warriors? Like, they're going to start Longley and Rodman in that game. They would get blown out by 40 points because of, because of the way basketball works. You can't have a guy like Rodman out there who can't shoot. They're going to pull him out, take threes the entire game, run on that team. Longley and Wennington were, were starters for the Bulls. That's, that's, that, that team won six titles. That sounds so stupid now when you say it. It's not even the same thing. But just looking at who they are as individual, forget that, though. Just look at them as individual basketball players. And I'm asking you the question, what is Michael Jordan better at in basketball than LeBron James? What specific Closing. element of basketball? Closing a game, Closing knocking down a big game. shot, just shooting, shooting in general, free throws. Free throws. Like, shooting I mean, what free throws. Oh, I'll give you free throws. Free throws is fair. I want to look up but, the numbers on this next one just to be sure that I, I actually have a chance I, I think before he was I say a anything. But perimeter shooter. I, I, Michael, I did, Michael didn't turn the ball over around. as much as LeBron James in my mind. Am I wrong about that? True. Sounds right to um, me. That I do not know. Oh, wait, I I'm going to look up that up now. right now because LeBron, I don't want to be saying stuff that is totally wrong. But I, I have a feeling that it's, it's going to be a significant number. Yeah, I've Nick, been like, quiet in. so much. Thanks. I know. Come on, okay. Nick. You're the one that's supposed to be passionate about this, not me. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I'm ironing my shirt for tomorrow, and I'm okay. listening. But I think this is so subjective. Like, to me – it's not even a compare. I mean, it's close, but it's. I'm gonna always go with Jordan because Jordan put a stake as a fan in my heart so many times, and also I was like Calvin. I was one of those guys who just hated him. You know, I, I was so resistant of losing, transitioning from the Bird and Magic era to the to the Jordan era. You know, and yet time after time he just stuck it to everybody and you're right the league is much better now and the league kind of sucked it was at a down period talent wise in the 90s I guess maybe but at the same time Jordan was still so much better than everybody else put him on the, right now I think he would still be dominant All right. so so I, I had actually listen to this so let's let's uh let's actually hash this out because I am looking at basketballreference.com which to me Uh-oh. is Uh-oh. is the greatest 
the greatest Love basketball it. stats website I have ever seen in my entire life. If you want to look at straight <laughs> up numbers and you, and you want to talk about numbers, this is the one. We don't have enough time to dig that much into this, but I want to just say that they have a points or they have a per possession stat, per 100 possession stat uh, grid here. Michael Jordan per 100 possessions, 40 points, three steals, seven assists, eight rebounds. Uh, eight he rebounds. Shot, eight rebounds. He shot 50% from the field. Yeah, I mean, here we go. Here's where it changes uh, And 83.5% from the free throw line, and he averaged a block as well. LeBron James's numbers mm-hmm. in some of those categories are, are better, some are worse. Per 100 possessions for his career, 36.7 points. Uh, a block, mm-hmm. two steals, nine and a half assists, ten rebounds. Uh, look at that. Seventy-four percent from the free yeah, throw look line. At that. Look at that. And fifty percent from the field, which is crazy to me. Solid. But but that look. So is a skill. These are comparable, is what I'm win. trying to say. But to yeah. me, I was pointing. I was I was going for the turnovers. LeBron. 3.7, oh, I'm sorry, Michael Jordan, 3.7 turnovers per 100 possessions. LeBron, 4.6 turnovers per 100 possessions. That's a lot. I don't, explain that how, away however you want to, but um, I just I feel like he's sloppier with the ball, and so Michael's ball control was better than LeBron's. Michael well, Jordan had way better. That I felt than, about it. He had way, I will also say this, though, Calvin, to your the, point. Sorry, Nick, my last thing. To, to Calvin's point about defense, Michael averaged one more foul per 100 possessions than LeBron did as well, 2.5 to 3.5. So Mike, Michael did have to foul more than LeBron does. I always thought okay. Michael's defense so, was, a, was, a, was a little overrated. Like, his, his defense was great. Oh God, like, come on. No, I'm, let, me lay, let me lay out my point. His defense Chris, this was is great. ridiculous. No, listen to me. His defense was great during their first – uh, their first trilogy of titles. By the time they they won the second three titles, his defense had slipped a little bit, and Pippen was the clear defensive star on that team. And Rodman was a better defender than him at that point too. He just was. Yeah, like, like, yeah that's how Jordan was still. A, Jordan was still a good defender. He was a solid defender, but he got like he got a lot of credit because he won that Defensive Player of the Year that one year. Uh, he, he sort of I thought that he coasted on it. Not that he was bad, but that he was he was right around average by the time that second trilogy came around. Just fine. I'm just saying. There's just, this and, year, and the other thing is, listen, Jordan is, had ice in his veins. Can I please sit, mm-hmm. talk? Jordan yeah, had ice in Yeah, jump in, Nick. Go. Cal, uh, uh, I almost called LeBron Calvin. That's, that's <laughs> how, Calvin, I'm sorry. Um, LeBron, I never, ever, in the last second of a game, or 20 seconds of a game, I don't have, like, this stunted, paralyzed feeling while watching TV that I had when Michael Jordan had the ball in that position. LeBron may take over a game for 48 minutes, but in the clutch, uh, there's no comparison whatsoever. Jordan, and uh, everybody talked about how he may, missed more than he made. When Jor- I don't know if any of you guys are saying that Jordan didn't petrify you with the ball in his hands with under 10 seconds on the clock with the game on the line. You're all, you're all lying. Because I don't feel that way with LeBron, ever. Ever. I never have. I hope the Celtics play the Cavs now, and I hope I hope it comes down to the final possession and the Bron has win. the ball in the and it, that's, I mean, that'd be, yeah, the Cavs will probably win every game by eighteen. But I'm just saying, I, I hope Here's, that happens. So, so if if the Cavs win, I'm gonna, you're going to call up and we're going to we're going to revisit this conversation, and you're going to tell me you weren't afraid, and I'm going to call you a liar. 
I will say I wasn't afraid because I, 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 I watched I watched during during LeBron in his Miami and Cleveland years the first time around in yeah. competitive situations. I saw him. Look, other than Dallas, who he should, he should have beaten, Le, LeBron's teams were not as good as those Spurs or Warriors teams, and I don't think the Bulls are, are either. Not, by the way, are you not think those Miami teams? Yeah. Wow. Uh, gentlemen, I just, I can't, the whole LeBron is, is always has the inferior lineup thing has got yeah, to stop. Yeah. It's been going around since 2010, six, since 2006. The dude has his Miami teams had three. There are three Hall of Famers on that team. I mean, yeah, they were they were top to bottom. They were as good talent wise as the Warriors, I think. All right, guys, um, we have two and a half minutes in our live stream right now, so I'm saying we haven't talked about the 2008 Celtics at all. We should just keep oh, going for, uh, for a little while uh, yeah, and okay. reward Sam in San I'm Diego for being live on the air with us right now. 323-642-1484, by the way. And anybody else that's hanging out on Blog Talk Radio, we'll reward them as well. Sure. And then Gelso. I I, yeah. I think we should find a way to get at least this episode up on the app because I feel like uh, you deserve it. I'll put it. You know where I'll put it on the on the Celtics late night show feed, which still exists. If you want to embarrass me, go on the app and listen to those shows from like oh nine, ten, and eleven. They're like <laughs> hilarious. But anyway, uh, what I was saying is, I want to. I want to. I, wanna, I, wanna, I, I don't want to sound like the arrogant hot take guy. Listen, of course, going into a game, and this is the truth. Going into a game, a crucial game, I fear LeBron as much as I fear Jordan. Because I know top uh, tip off to. Oh, could you believe there's a fire right now? Hang on a minute while this goes by. I'm just I, I, I mute I you and have... <laughs> No, it's gone. My my apartment is literally across the street from a firehouse. But anyway, uh, so from like tip off to the closing buzzer, the. LeBron is just as scary as Jordan. But with 10 seconds left on the clock and the ball in their hand, I'd take Jordan all day long. I never, ever feel like LeBron. I'm always afraid LeBron's going to get fouled because he forces contact and he goes to the line. And then he's on the line, and I kind of think to myself, well, if there's anybody I want on the line, you know, maybe it's not LeBron, but he's not like that. He's not a good free throw shooter. Seventy-four so percent for his career, sixty-seven percent this year. But yeah, I want to get I want to get rid of this mis, this misnomer that we throw out there, Nick. Uh, statistically, LeBron James actually a better shooter than Michael Jordan, but Michael's volume was higher than LeBron's, so way we'll higher. Leave it at that. Yeah, but they're used especially in the rate. Jordan had Jordan had eighty-four through ninety-one, where he had he had no, through eighty-nine, ninety, where he had nobody on his team. He had to shoot every shot. Yeah, they, they're used to And he didn't have something. to leave town to win a championship. Look, 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 look. Michael Jordan took more shots than, than LeBron because he was that type of player. He created for himself more. But their usage rates are similar. LeBron just creates for other people more. He, even his secondary assists, he had, they had their ball in their hands around the same amount. Okay? Jordan, uh, LeBron just... And it, it also has to do with the fact that uh, in the 90s, there was more of an isolation-heavy offense, period. So, you can't say the point can't go like that. You can repeat the fucking in the background. What is that noise? 
I just I, I hit the mute gel spell because as he was saying, he he's he's across the street from a fire station. So apparently there's been a fire in the area up there in Salem. So we'll bring him back in a second. We'll let the trucks go do their thing. Um, oh, there's a cat finish your finish your point, and we will move on to the discussion about the the uh, 08 Celtics. Yeah. So so uh, okay, I agree with you, Nick. Okay, in, on, on the point that you made about in the last 30 seconds of a game or the last minute, who would I who would I fear more? The answer is definitely Jordan in that in that particular situation. So in terms of like who is a better last minute clutch player, the answer is Michael Jordan. There's no question. But a basketball game is last I checked about 48 minutes long, and over the course of a 48 minute basketball game, I just feel like LeBron can physically do more things than Michael Jordan can, and. I don't think and he, he also has proven it. I don't think there's any question about that. So I, I think that we're not – we're living under this myth of Jordan. Remember the, him dribbling the ball off his foot when he came back from baseball and he, he played the Orlando Magic and they went to the finals <laughs> because Jordan was terrible. People don't remember. Somehow somehow that got erased from their memory. Think, or, or, you know what? Or Jordan, I, like, oh, I, 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 I think it's it, – it, I, I remember those things and I, I – I, yeah, and I agree with you. I think hindsight's twenty twenty, but this is such an emotional. That's why it's a great topic. It's a, yeah. it's a it's a topic that invokes people to be passionate and emotional with their response. To me, Michael Jordan represents my uh, you know adolescence watching basketball and my youth too. And there's nobody that will ever compare with him. I guess like my father's generation says that about Russell. And I, if I wasn't a Celtics fan, I'd say you can't put Russell in that. You know, you in that best player ever category, because he's really not statistically. You know, so it's it's similar with Jordan, only not quite as drastic. Jordan versus LeBron. I hate the whole Jordan versus LeBron. Listen, here's the way it works in my eyes. Like people will say I, the Beatles suck, and you want to be like, how could you? You may not like the Beatles, but they don't suck. Like that's just a stupid, ignorant. That's what what my dad used to say about the Yankees, Nick. He used to say that all the time about the New York Yankees because he was from New York and he wasn't a Yankees fan. His brothers were, uh, but he didn't really care. But he came to Boston and sort of adopted the Red Sox and the other sports teams. But he always resented the fact that the Red Sox fans used to scream Yankees suck because he would always say, they don't suck. You you just don't like them. They're obviously good. You have to acknowledge that. Right, that's exactly right. There's a difference. There's a difference between the Beatles suck and the Beatles weren't as good as the Rolling Stones. That's the argument. Well, that's where I'm going. That that's where I'm going too. But that that's no. I think it's more comparable with like the Beatles aren't as good as current day band X Y Z. That's more comparable. And then you're going to say current band X Y Z wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for the Beatles. And in every way, shape, or form. LeBron James imitates Michael Jordan in the way he talks to the media, in the way that he plays on the court. So if there was no Michael Jordan, there'd be no LeBron James. And it was yeah, I have a problem with this argument, and and this is, this goes back to me not being a sentimentalist. This actually applies to music too, because yes, the Beatles were influential, and they they came up with a lot of recording techniques, and you know they wrote interesting songs, and and yes, they had they had an influence. But to like assume that if the Beatles didn't exist, that someone else wouldn't have come along and like created some sort of similar template for future music, and maybe maybe music would be different. But that doesn't mean there wouldn't still be great bands or somehow. And, and that also yeah, but I'm not just, saying that there won't be great players. But, I'm just saying that the style but, of play 
the way that the players behave, the way they carry themselves, and who they who they put themselves up against is Michael Jordan. So, but like, he, let, he him, be, let him be on Mount Rushmore. Huh? All I'm saying is, like, being first is not the same as being the best. That's, and, and I feel like that's that's the argument people want to make with, like... That's a really good... Yeah. Basketball existed before Jordan. Yeah. Basketball existed before Michael Jordan. I think if Michael Jordan didn't exist, LeBron James would still be 6'8 and playing basketball, probably. Right? He would, he probably Actually, there, maybe there would be no league. So I don't know that that argument holds up. I mean, I, th- I think that's a better argument to make in, in favor of Magic and Bird. I think the league would exist. Uh, maybe it wouldn't be as big globally. I mean, if, if, if LeBron was a guy in France, or if LeBron was Pau Gasol, we, we could have this conversation. But I think in the United States, the NBA would exist, and LeBron would probably still be a basketball player. But that's just my opinion. If, Cal- if, if, if when Michael Jordan retired, the stock market dipped. <laughs> I mean, think about the cultural, all the impact that that man has had. I just, I, I just don't think it's comparable. Yeah, but I that doesn't come not, down to it's uh, how he played the game of basketball. Nick, you can't start factoring all that stuff in. And I know to- that's that, what, totally, what Calvin was totally going to do here. Comparable. It's totally comparable, which is why it makes it so difficult, because you have to make an emotional decision. But if you're just talking strictly about basketball on the floor, I still have an argument that Jordan would be the better player uh, as far as leading a team to victory is concerned. I don't care about the way that he impacted Nike and the the stock market and all that stuff. I'm still arguing that he's a better player than LeBron. But if LeBron can find a way to carry this team to another championship uh, and have a serious impact in that final series, then – then we're we're talking about him as the best player ever because I still don't think that he I will say that he warrants it yet. But uh, we will, why don't we why don't we move on? Put, Wait, all I right, finish it off. I have the epic hate LeBron rant ever. I, if you remember when they were doing that music, stupid music video um, in in Miami, I don't remember what it was, but it's it's gotten like trashed on YouTube so many times because my argument was so emotionally ridiculous. But I will say this. I, and I and I and I've never liked LeBron. I don't like the brand. I don't like any of it. But what I saw last finals, and even the year before, I don't think I'll. I, I mean, that was just incredible what he did. So it's hard for me as somebody who really hates him. Hate is a strong word, but I am a hater with LeBron. It's hard for me to say that, but it, but it's the truth. I'd be stupid not to say it. it. Was incredible. So that's my closing statement on LeBron versus Jordan. Yeah, I can hate someone without, like, it affecting my opinion one way or the other. You know, I've, I've sort of – I've always been, like, better at that than most fans for whatever reason. I can separate – You like, are good at it. Yeah, that's how I've managed to be a commentator on a Celtics show forever because it's how I feel it's about the best. Celtics. Yeah, I just, I just want to be right in the end. So, like, my opinions <laughs> are on me being Probably right more than – Yeah. You know what I can't stand the most – about LeBron is I don't like watching basketball when LeBron's playing. And then people are going to go, what? He always does these amazing things. It's because it's so not fluid because the whistle blows so much. I can't, and, and Jordan got all the, the Jordan calls. Everybody said, oh, you're getting a Jordan call. He got them too, but not to this extent. Um, the league was much more physical back then. Jordan took his beatings too. But you watch LeBron and the Cavs or LeBron and the, the Heat, wherever LeBron is chasing his championship, whatever team he's with, it's always the same. 
the whistle just constantly blows. There's no real fluidity to the game, and that's what I like. I don't like all the stopping and starting and stopping and starting, and it's a lot of that BS. That's it. I would argue that. I'd argue that LeBron's face-up dribble drive style is definitely more exciting than Michael Jordan's back-down fadeaway jumper over and over again style. Not to me. Yeah, I would kind of disagree with you as well, Calvin. I don't know. I mean, from time to time, I just get tired of LeBron putting his his head down and driving to the basket. It just it it seems tedious. Can't stand it. I wish he could knock out a jumper once in a while, and he does. He's improved his shooting for sure. And we've already talked about the percentage, so we're not going to get back into that. But I just. I don't know. It, it's oh, it's almost that he's too dominant, you know. And, and I, I, I guess yeah. uh, I, there's not a, a great comparison to to make to him because he is one of he's coming up on the greatest player of all time in my mind, and mm-hmm. he already is there in many people's minds. So let's let's try and round this thing back in. We're not going to go all night now. Uh, yeah. no, let's take another ten, 10 or fifteen minutes and talk about two thousand and eight. Okay, I just have to say, LeBron still really annoying as a human being, and that's why I agree. <laughs> I agree. So and you know what? Still still with Cal- I, hate I still take Kobe yeah. too, because Kobe had ice. Like in oh yeah. I you, I, I can't even tell you. But I don't want to get into that either because that's another topic for another day. But uh, as disgusted as I was to see Kobe Bryant's last game in Boston and wishing that I had just sold it for quadruple. <laughs> Ten times whatever I paid for it, uh, I he I can't say that I've ever disliked a player more and then gained more respect, gained as much respect for that player as I did for Kobe Bryant. Like the the difference between right. it's the the moment he came into the league and the moment he left is bigger for me than any other player, and that's saying something because I hated that guy quite a bit, and now I, I think I, I consider him to be uh, one of the greatest of all time, and I would definitely rather have him than LeBron James. Oh, Love it. I agree. <laughs> all right, so 2008 Celtics. Before we go, uh, yeah. So you, you guys all watched that. What is it? Wait, can I preface this, Calvin? Calvin, let's yeah. not cut this short though. This is important. This was the whole like reason why you wanted to have me on to talk away. It's always important. It's always important when you're yeah. with Everything well, we had to talk about. Wow, for ten years, that's the first compliment he's ever given me. Thank you, man. I, people do say that I'm stingy <laughs> with coffee, but I don't. I so, don't really. Nick, I don't, you know what you should do? You should cut the first hour and a half out of this show, and then just post this thirty minutes right here. I agree. Oh, okay, I agree. So let's make okay. it make it work. Let's do it. Yeah. So we didn't start with this. Obviously, this Area Twenty One. Uh, it, it, it was. Big, Big Baby, Perkins, Rondo, KG, and Paul Pierce, in case anyone didn't see it. They were all on the show. Was that at halftime? Or I, I didn't see it uh, live. I sort of saw a clip of it after the fact. Do you guys know it was at halftime, or how, how does that work? It that was, here's the best thing about it. Here's the best thing. It's in between, They cut in between the game, but if you watch it on Periscope on Twitter, it's a, it's a constant live stream. So you get them just BSing in the room. And it's, it's, I think it's always like that with Area 21. I don't really watch the show all that much, but I did last night. And I watched it on Periscope, and it was – so you, it was like an hour on Periscope. But oh, probably okay. in airtime on TNT, it was probably 15 minutes. Okay. Right. So so there are, so there are a bunch the of different clips floating around out there if you haven't seen the entire right. Yeah, thing. just go to the Area 21 Twitter page, and you'll get every single clip. Or Facebook page. I, 
I find their their dynamic with with Doc to be really interesting, and even their yeah. dynamic with each other, uh, it's fascinating to me because like they all got traded by the Celtics. Like literally, all five yeah. of those guys were not on the were yep. not on the Celtics. Like within two, I guess Rondo was the guy who lasted the longest, but within you know a year and a half well, of leaving, two years. Go ahead. Everybody's no, that's gone. kind of that's yep. kind of where I'm confused by KG saying. That, I don't know if you saw this part of it, but he said that there were no, they didn't invite any any non-Celtics to to yeah. the reunion or whatever. But what, every yeah, single one of them was a dig on Ray. Dig on Ray. I, of course it was, of course it was. But the point is that every single yeah. one of those guys was a self was played for a different team yeah. as early as at the two end weeks of their ago. Career. You know, yeah, and yeah. it's. Yeah. it's yeah. It, it, Rondo's right it, now. It's crazy. Yeah, Rondo's kind of more impressive. Rondo's a pole. What is he doing there? It's so it's Of course, they just needed to find a way to get their point across that they were upset about Ray Allen, and it was really candid. They they said that they were they were offended by the the way that he went about the leaving to Miami. It's it's not that he went to Miami so much as he didn't discuss it with them he didn't talk to them about that and to, to be honest with you guys I'm a little bit torn on the, the way that this is the, that this is looking here they're talking about being not that it's looking but the way that they are, are talking are about going it. I don't know which side I fall because yeah. on yeah, one hand a it's a business right and you're not going to go talk to your co-workers and say hey I'm thinking about leaving and then uh, the, it gets up to the boss and then you get traded away in, in or you get fired in the corporate world or something like that, you know? So on that side of things, I don't blame him for not like going to the guys and saying, Hey, I'm thinking about going to Miami. What do you guys think? Yeah, you think that's cool? But it's on the other hand, if they were really that close, then he probably should have said something to someone. Right. I think, I think there was clearly a lot of tension prior to Ray making that decision. And we remember it. I mean, remember 2012, Ray Allen was not a happy camper, and Rondo was pushing for Avery Bradley to be in the starting lineup, and Doc caved. Ray and Doc started to fight then. It just wasn't – and he got traded that yeah. year. He got called and said he was going uh, – I think Rudy Gay was coming in. And he got called. He was moving. No one, no one gave him an advance warning of that. And I think Ray Allen is a class act, dude. These guys went on TV last night. And I love every one of them, and I loved the show last night. And I enjoy, I, I respected the Ray Allen segment. But they went on cable television as a group last night and trashed Ray Allen. And I thought that was classless. Yeah, I agree with you, Nick. And here, here's the thing. First of all, you, you, yeah, I'm glad you brought up that Avery Bradley point because I, I was going to get there. Uh, the only reason Ray Allen got put back in the starting lineup is because Avery Bradley got hurt, as, as Avery Bradley yes. wants to do. Yeah, so there was already there was a lot of tension there. Ray Allen like was not happy about getting benched, and he was a five. Rondo guy. wouldn't and, pass him the ball. Yeah, Rondo wouldn't pass and, him the ball. There was that yeah. going on. Yeah, and by the way, that that look, it goes both ways with the whole uh, Ubuntu thing, where like Doc Rivers was playing it up so much with like this starting five has never lost. Uh, you know, blah blah blah. But then, like he's then he's replacing Ray Allen in the starting lineup. He's the first one to be pushed out, and like they're going with this young guy. So Ray Ray Allen felt unwanted by the team at that point. Anyway, he was feuding with Doc, as as you already described. For years, though, Calvin, too. For yeah. years, I mean, he had been at a trade deadline rumor every year after the championship. Every year. And here, here's the thing. Here's the thing for me. Okay, 
first, first of all, I'm, uh, I, actually, let me jump in here with this question before I, because I, I'm, I'm interested to know what you guys think. Did you hear Teron Liu's interview? Uh, he did the other day where he talked about how uh, the, the, the Cavaliers tried to get Kevin Garnett for their run after Andrew Bogut got hurt for, for the playoffs. And no, I, I did not I, hear that. Yeah. So I hosted one of the post game shows, and I was sort of asking Celtics fans, like, how would you feel if Kevin Garnett had gone to the Cavs and then won a title? It was, it was literally right after this, the, the original Ray Allen scenario, uh, where they, the, the 2008 team was was meeting for their 10 year anniversary, even though the 10 years doesn't line up. But anyway, that, the, the point is, is <laughs> yes, like, it I does. Was like, well, it yeah, does. Well, this is their Wait, anniversary it, tour. So they're going to be touring for a full year. Uh, Calvin, oh, I'll tell you how Celtics fans would have felt. They would have they would have felt like it was totally different. They would have felt the love for Kevin Garnett, and they would have been they would have been maybe upset that he won with Cleveland, but they would have been yeah. totally fine with him winning a title there because it wasn't a year after they won or two two years whatever it was, and it wasn't uh, Kevin Garnett leaving one team to. To just bail yeah, on no one was mad them and Perry. go no and go for go to another team, in, what if, really. What if, so, the Cavs beat the Celtics in the playoffs, and Kevin Garnett was instrumental in that. Then, then Kevin Garnett, and then after that, Kevin Garnett goes on his tour and he talks about who's a Celtic and not a Celtic. How how this, would that speech to so, how would that speech sound? This is so that stupid. Point? This is yeah, a dumb. That we're wasting time, air time on this because no, but who cares? But it's not who cares? Yeah, well, he didn't go to the Cavs. Well, here's why it's not stupid, though. Because, and if he did, he wouldn't get off I'm the bench. Because I'm, because I'm pointing out the, the hypocrisy of it. Basketball is a business. And, like, I don't I don't begrudge any of them for being mad at Ray Allen personally for leaving and going to Miami. But Ray Allen made a business decision, and that, and that's fine. If you want to, like, dislike him for whatever reason, you, you're, you're within your prerogative to do so. But just know, if you're the, if you're the Celtics, okay, and you, you invite everybody. I, I think the thing that bothered me the most is you're the Celtics. You're like, okay, the 2018 team is, is reuniting. But we're, wait, we're wait, 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 wait. I got to stop you. Keep your thought. You got to clarify that. Okay. This had nothing to do with the Celtics whatsoever. This was Kevin Garnett. This was TNT. This is goes to the Rondo trip where Ray wasn't going to be invited. TNT putting yeah. this together so that way they get rating. The Celtics, I don't even think, had to sign off on this. No, no, you're making it sound the, like the Celtics organized this the, and snubbed Ray. Not, That's not, not the no, not the not the organization, but literally everyone who was on that they made it they made a deal a, a big deal of it. Hey, the, the 2008 Celtics are getting together. They promoted it, not the team. I'm saying I'm talking about the players. Okay, now, right. now that I'm talking to you, the, the players who were on the 2018 were like, hey, we're, we're celebrating our 2008 championship, 10 year anniversary. Look. You don't have to love Ray Allen, okay? But, like, if you did an anniversary show for CLNS Radio and you said, hey, everyone right. who who worked on CLNS Radio uh, when the Celtics won a championship in 2008, uh, right. everyone's invited to this party except for one person. One person I, I, right. one person who I, I had some problem with. And maybe you would well, still – Who would that be? Like, Let's let's just hypothet- hypothetically, let's just say it's, <laughs> it's Brandon Paul, okay? Let's just say it's Brandon Paul. Brandon Paul. Yeah, of course you would. But my point is, if you did, let's say it's um, <laughs> uh, that, that Nick guy who made that racist email, what was his name? Nick something? Nick well, Sacramento? Don't even say his name. Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, it's, yep, Nick Sacramento. That's, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, say Nick Sacramento's not invited, okay? It, 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 
obviously you can't then go on the air like they did on TNT last night. Where they're following it up with this other tour where there's like they could they could have just not addressed Ray Allen, right? And people, yeah, people would still yeah. ask about, it, but it wouldn't be a story it's on pretty, ESPN. It wouldn't be a story on anyway. Right. They they spent five minutes specifically saying, and the thing that bothered me the most was Kendrick Perkins coming out and saying, well, you know, if Ray Allen wants to make this right, he can come and talk to us. Well, no, because you're the one who created this ten year anniversary party and didn't invite him. Bygones could have already yeah, been bygones. We don't they know that that's the cool. case, though, Calvin, either. No one knows. That, like, today at practice, no, a, a, couple, a couple of the reporters no. were saying, we don't Leon, know for sure that he wasn't invited. No, no. Leon Poe came out, and he said, we took, we, he said, we all took a vote, and I was the only one who wanted Ray to come. We all decided. And that, and don't put it on Rondo. Because really? Leon Poe said this? People... Yeah, people were blaming Rondo specifically because Rondo was the, the original organizer, but he was but, but Leon Poe came out and said, No, we all voted. I was the only one who was like, Yeah, bring Ray in, none of the other guys wanted. So clearly this is not like it's not uh, if you created a situation where you're having a tour and you're inviting everybody and you're publicly burying Ray Allen, it's not on Ray I Allen to it's not Ray Allen to come to, to the five of you hat in hand and be like, sorry, guys, I left as a free agent. Can you please forgive me? No, you guys are like, Listen, you guys are like, here's the trash too. You guys need to apologize to Ray Allen. To Ray Allen. Ray Allen did the Ray Allen thing today. It was like classy and intelligent. He just posted a picture of himself on Facebook, kind of having Rondo in a headlock when, when, uh, when Ray was with Miami. Like during game action, he was defending him. And it was just, Classy. It was like, fuck you guys. That's what it was like. You know what I mean? And truth be told, Ray is difficult, I think. Uh, you guys know I'm a Ray Allen. I love Ray Allen. He was like my favorite. But Ray, I think, is difficult. And I honestly think they're cliquish. And Rondo is a manipulator. And you got strong, strong personalities on that team. I think the bigger, maybe not the bigger story, but the, I guess the story that impacted me in the whole because I'm making it sound like I didn't enjoy the reunion because I thought it was awesome. It was just that Ray Allen segment that really bothered me. Um, but how many one-title teams get a, uh, like a special like this? Like that team, I guess my, my None. question is – Listen, I don't know, Nick. Right. This, goes, this goes on and on to, to like uh, – what is going on with Kevin Garnett and how he is trying to market himself right after he retired yeah. and all this stuff. No, none of yeah. them would have gotten this had it not been for a guy none like that. So it's just That's like, right. but I wouldn't even make a comparison in that regard because it's a totally new era to any other yeah. team. Like this is, it's, it's unprecedented. It's, and it wouldn't no, have happened with anyone is, else. I guess, I guess what I'm saying I you, is, yeah, I realize that KG was instrumental in making it happen, but that Celtics team really captivated people either in a very positive way or a very negative way. But it, it demands attention. And I don't think there's many one-title teams that fit into that equation because don't forget, yeah, they competed for four years, but they only won one championship. Do you know what will happen, the, I bet? How about the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, the Pistons did something. No. But I, I'll, I was going to say the Mavericks. I, I bet you the Mavericks a couple of years from now, just knowing Cuban, he, he creates that situation. He could do that. You know what I, yeah, I, I could see that, but would, would, it be, would it get national attention the way this did? Like, would it be that, that well, I, you know, I, this was so anticipated. Well, they created the attention, though. That's, that's the point that I'm making. It's like they're the ones who announced it. Well, I, I think it, it, it creates attention. It, it got attention because 
you know, Pierce was on the Clippers when this was happening. Rondo is on the Bulls right now. Uh, Kendrick Perkins, Perkins is trying to get back into basketball, which, by the way, that's the other point I wanted to make. Perkins then later talked about how, like, hey, uh, I, I called, I talked to the Kevin Durant. Book. Yeah, he, he, Durant and Yeah, he wants to know that Westbrook and, and Durant are talking. But meanwhile, yeah. like Kendrick Perkins, not holding it against Kevin Durant at all for leaving the center and going and going to another team. In fact, he hmm. he specifically said that I called KD and he told me. So he's like already he's reaching out to KD and he's fine with it. And, K, and KD also is known for like not having called Westbrook and nobody cares because right. this is what happens in basketball. It's it's all tied to, to my mind. It's all tied up in in the. The over-the-top mania of Kevin Garnett. I'm just gonna throw it out there, and the fact that the fact that like I don't think the rest of the, the rest of those guys sort, sort of just go along with it. But the, the Garnett, and to a lesser degree, uh, Doc Rivers' mindset. But even Celtics fans bought into this this whole idea at the time of, of like they were so ride ride or die. And, and Garnett is that too. I but. It's just like that specific team is the one team that you, that you like. You had to you had to care about that team. I don't hear Garnett saying the same things. You know, if Wally Serbiak left the Timberwolves, I don't hmm. I don't see him in the relationship. But because because he because Garnett won the title in that one scenario, somehow that team is more special. Like what's what's Garnett's relationship with Latrell Sprewell? We don't even know. You know what I mean? We don't know. True. Yeah, but what's your point in this? My point is, is it annoying is like, you? It is annoying me. Yes. Because, because yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying how much they care. Look, it's not annoying that they care about the title. Who's they? It's, they? They, the, the players. Celtics, the five 2008 okay. players. Yeah. Right. Relax. I'm not talking about the organization. You're so organization defensive. No, right no, 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 no. I'm trying to figure out who they is. Like, I didn't know if you meant the fans are so captivated with that team or the players are so captivated with that team. No, no, they Obviously are. Meant no, the players. That team is captivated with, with what they did in that one year. Yeah. And, that, and, and, they ha- and they have to be because, again, Kendrick Perkins was gone, you know, by, two, by 2010, right? No, no, 2011 he was gone. 11. Yeah. It's, it's like they, they want to isolate just one sliver of history and only remember that one sliver and act like it's they're they're so angry that Ray Allen left. even though he didn't leave in two thousand eight he was there in two thousand eight and two thousand nine. Well, well, part of it part of it, Calvin, yeah. is that this was pretty significant as far as the franchise is concerned. Yeah. I mean, I, we we all we can't all be the Bulls, you know, winning multiple championships in in the early part of our lifetime. As far as I'm concerned, my lifetime, I should say. Uh, but like, the, Nick saw a bunch of Celtics championships. You know, yeah. In his in his young yeah. his young life, Mom and then he didn't did. see it again right. for for twenty years. So it was yeah. A, yeah. it was a big significant thing in a lot of people's lives. And I think that Kevin Garnett takes a lot of pride in being able to bring that back to this city and bring it back to the organization that was so prominent at one point. So that plays into the fact that he is trying to bring his his mantra and his ideas to the people, and now he's showing it on national TV. I wouldn't say that this really got as much national buzz as we're making it sound, but Celtics fans and definitely the people that pay attention to this are plugged into this network really got a kick out of it because it was was a great look back, you know? And Ray Allen was trending on Twitter and Facebook today. I think the sports world was talking about it. I just don't understand why Calvin's annoyed. Obviously, there's fan interest in it. If it's going to get ratings, why not? No, I'm not annoyed. I'm not annoyed by it. I'm mostly annoyed by the Ray Allen part because, yeah, if if it's a big deal, then Ray Allen was a big part of it. He he averaged 17 points a game. No, and I and agree eight, with you there. I think you're totally right. Yeah. 
Yeah. He made no, more no. clutch shots than anybody. I'm sorry. Pierce did too, but Ray Allen, I just knew if it was if he got the ball on the perimeter, he was going to hit that shot. And he did. Yeah. How many times? And the, and the reason the reason I'm singling out, I'm calling out other aspects. It's a hypo- hypocrisy of it that bothers me. It's the fact that like we, they, they decided that certain things are important and other things aren't important. And this one year, important. But every in this one team I was on, all these guys matter. Everybody else leaving doesn't matter, but Ray Allen's leaving matters more to me because and it, it sounds like the the whole LeBron decision thing where like people were mad at LeBron leaving, but they realized that sounded stupid, so they had to like justified in terms of being like, well, it was just the decision, when really they were just mad that, I mean, the, the show, the decision, when really they were mad that he left and went to Miami. And, but, but it, you no, know, I realized, really think it was the decision. They were mad that he left. They, no. they weren't mad because he didn't I think they were him. also. That sounds that's so I think, lame. I think they were, I think the LeBron decision was pathetic. Regardless. I don't, like, it's not, like, that's stupid. I think that it was re- ridiculous. He made a fool out of himself on national TV. This I know, situation, I, I agree. they're mad because they bonded, like Paul Pierce said. Ray Allen spent time with his family, with his kids. I don't have a problem with them being upset with Ray Allen. I have a problem with them going on national tele- on cable television and telling the world about it. They look like goofs. Yeah. Like I, I don't Get over it, because guess what? When they hoist that banner up that next year, because you know they're going to do it, Rory. They're going to raise that banner, that banner back to the rafters. Ray Allen's going to be there, because yeah. Ray's not going to not go. He's got oh, two when, the of, te- he's when the team, team when the team sanctioned thing happens. Yes, I'm sure the team will invite him, and he will be there for sure. Uh, so, but, yeah, so, but then, Nick, you know what? We're hitting 11 o'clock here on the East Coast. We've been on this show for two hours, and this is how I'm going to end it. Yeah. I'm going to do the cliche thing as far as Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce is concerned. We're talking about the rafters. We've got to discuss which of these guys gets his number retired alongside Paul Pierce if either one of them does. Uh, so let's finish this up right now and take five minutes to talk about that. And, uh, We'll, we'll call it a night because that's something that people have been talking about a little bit today. Uh, in my mind, I'm, I'm putting Pierce up there. And as much as Kevin Garnett meant to this franchise and this team and the, the fans and bringing us back as an entire group and region to basketball prominence, I am not retiring his number if I'm oh, the Celtics. Because he was just not – here long enough in my mind to uh, agree to be a, to be have his number up there and so that means that Ray Allen's not getting up there either and it, I I was on the fence about Garnett for a long time but I've come to the conclusion that the the length of his career here was just not enough to get his number retired wow. maybe get his name it's up there get, you know, get his initials get KG up there in the Raptors like Jim lost got off way back in the day yeah but his number. Um, I'm just not sold, Nick. The thing, uh, the thing with uh, the, this topic is, I know how Calvin loves the franchise's long-standing <laughs> tradition with retiring everybody in the yeah. arena's number. Um, you know, I hate it. So, if, I, hate it. I know. So, if we're going to talk about what would be appropriate, it would probably be Pierce, and not the other two. If you want to talk about what the Celtics are going to do based on past 
I mean, length of time on the team really doesn't matter to the Celtics and their standards of retiring numbers. I mean, Maxwell was only on the team, what, six years? Maxwell's only on the team. Maxwell shouldn't even be on the team. Maxwell's ridiculous. Maxwell should not be retired. I mean, he's the finals MVP, but I I never understood that, even as a, not a kid, but a young adult watching his go up there. I always felt like it was kind of part of the the deal to bring him back and and be on the radio. Max had eight years in Boston. So eight years, he had one Finals MVP, and he caused a whole hell of a lot of trouble from eighty-five or eighty-four through eighty-six. And Red hated him. So there's that. You got Max up there. Reggie Lewis is a total out of respect for for the fact that he passed away. Mm-hmm. So length of time there doesn't apply. DJ five years. But 83 to 89, six years, and only three of those years were productive. So the Celtics more look at, I think, the impact on the franchise, the impact on winning championships more than they do longevity for playing. So I think the Celtics will retire uh, KG and DJ, Pierce. DJ's got six and a half years here, I think. Or, nope, yeah, seven. DJ shouldn't really be retired. DJ's number really – Seven years, I seven years. I was, I was probably 16 or 17 when his number went up. Bird was still playing – and I and I thought to myself, why is DJ getting his number retired? It started to occur to me that it was getting a little ridiculous. But that's the way they do things, and the fans love it. So why not give it to them? I think they'll retire Pierce and and KG immediately. And then I think probably five six years from now they'll do a max, and they'll retire Ray Allen's number if someone else doesn't take it in the meantime. That's my thought on the whole thing. I mean, at this point, Ainge's number should be up there. I mean, you know, you're they, they retire numbers. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, but you know what? They're saving that one for when Scalabrini goes up. That's, that, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, right, right. It's going to be Scalabrini right. instead of Ainge, number 44. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's going to do it, guys. Unless you have anything else you need to get off your chest before I shut this down. What about down. Calvin? He didn't get his point out. No, I, I just I, – I, I thought his point was that – that they shouldn't put him up. Well, obviously oh. Pierce, right? Obviously Pierce. KG shouldn't be up here, but KG shouldn't be up, but he will be. He, he, he will, will be. be because of, he will be because of culture. Yeah, in theory, you mm-hmm. could you I could make a, uh, as much of an argument for Rondo as I could for KG, but obviously he's never going up. And but <laughs> Ray Allen, never. I think so. And yeah, so I end up retiring Ray I have Ray Allen's number, and I'll if I'm still on CLNS at that point, count on me talking about how stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You probably will be. Can you guys yeah. imagine? I know we want to lock up, lock the doors now and everything, but we're going on 10 years soon. This is insane. Who would have thunk it? Where are you yeah, going to fly us for a big anniversary you know party? I, well, we are going to have an anniversary party, but I'll tell you what. You know what? Uh, I said yeah, Calvin Shuri. Yeah, I said to Calvin, oh, even if we had an anniversary party, Calvin wouldn't show. You know that. Even if we had it at his house, he just would make sure he's mm-hmm. not home. Um, anyway, Rory, I, I said to Calvin, this is like the first year in three years I'm actually having to pay attention to the Celtics again. And I've had a lot of fun with it. I mean, I definitely don't have the same uh, feelings for this team that I had for the 08 team or the 09-10 teams, those teams. But I'm, I'm enjoying watching it and getting back into the game again, having to. Well, so there's a reason we have you on the show, and really or we had yeah, you on the fun. show tonight because it's obvious that you've been really paying attention in the, recently. So we uh, got to. I'm glad we had you, Nick. I'm glad we we got your opinion on everything. 
and I look forward to seeing you in the next couple days, bud. Yeah, man, I'll see you this week. And Calvin, maybe in the next decade, I'll I'll meet you at some point. I've literally (laughs) been in his town, and he wouldn't meet me. Yeah, we'll play it by. Anyway, now it goes. The power of the internet. A good friend for like eight, seven years, six years, and I still have never met him. So, all right, guys, I'll I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. There he goes, Calvin. You got anything else or no? We done? Yeah. We're done. We're done. Over two hours. That's the first time ever. I'm going to rely on Gelso as well to upload this to wherever it has to go. So, hopefully that works. Um, All right. I'm going to hit the music. Send See you, buddy. Send me the MP3. Send you the MP3. Okay. Send me the MP3 or the or just send me the link to the show and I can do it. Yep. You got it. Okay. You got to love nope, you got it. I've already, right I've already got the link ready to go. Here we go. Forwarding it on. Bye, Nick. It probably won't be today. It won't be tomorrow, probably. It'll be the next day. Bye. That's fine. Right, People can wait. All right. They can. Thanks for coming, Nick. You know, it was fun, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye. See you, bud. Later. All right. Uh, let me just... Oops. Damn. I don't know what I'm doing. All right, Calvin. Thank you, sir, for being on for two hours. Not that you care. He's not there. Goodbye. Goodbye!